Recorded live. Welcome to the Wednesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella, and my co-host is Spencer Carter. Tonight we have a very special guest, um, so join me as we welcome him. If you are new to the call, please stay on, and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk shoot podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is Solutions, an educational-based podcast. But the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views or opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, or in need of additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. So Spencer, I'm going to turn it over to you now. Thanks, Ella. It's a pleasure to have such a great guest tonight. He's also a personal hero of mine. I'd like to start my quick five-minute introduction of Paul Brodeur with a quote. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle once said that, from a drop of water, a logician could infer the possibility of an Atlantic or a Niagara without having seen or heard of one or the other. Mr. Broder's investigative journalism gave society the drop of water needed to understand the ocean of problems that exposure to electromagnetic radiation can cause, whether unintentionally or intentionally. He's not a targeted individual himself, but targeted individuals owe him a debt of gratitude for educating the public on the science that underpins the covert assault that are being carried out against a growing number of good American citizens. Specifically, Mr. Brodeur was the first journalist to widely alert the public of both the physiological and psychological harm caused by exposure to specific types of electromagnetic radiation. Until Mr. Brodeur published his famous work, The Zapping of America, Society at large considered the danger of electromagnetic radiation to rest primarily with its thermal effects, such as the heating of food by a microwave or the burning of our skin under sunlight. Mr. Brodeur showed the world otherwise by compiling numerous scientific studies on the matter, documenting undeniable evidence in many categories, and conducting countless interviews with experts on the subject. It's now indisputable that the non-thermal effects of electromagnetic radiation can impact and manipulate the biological systems of humans in many ways. However, to this day in 2017, officials in our bureaucracies and medical professions still go out of their way to ignore this fact, to avoid this fact, and to even deny or suppress this fact. As Mr. Brodeur can attest, it's almost heresy to touch upon this subject. The resistance, denial, and corruption he encountered while writing on non-thermal effects of electromagnetic radiation are documented extensively in his three excellent books on the subject. Furthermore, while it's been 40 years since the publication of his first book on the matter, The Zapping of America, little has changed and the cover-up continues. However, because of the pioneering journalistic work of Mr. Brodeur, the information is out there, 
and it is poised and ready to be used for the benefit of mankind. Eventually, it will finally click with our officials and politicians that the dangers of electromagnetic radiation are not going away, but are only growing more serious for us all. We are truly honored to have Mr. Brodeur here this evening so that he can share his incredible story and perhaps offer advice to the next wave of investigative journalists regarding further areas of research, tips on finding allies in the scientific and medical communities, and the best methods to expose hot button issues. With that said, Mr. Brodeur, good evening. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, sir? Thank you very much. Good evening to you. I just scratched the surface when it comes to your incredible life story and professional accomplishments. Would you like to take the floor and tell the listeners about some of the noteworthy aspects of your background, from your Harvard days to your time in the Army Counterintelligence Corps to your arrival in the field of journalism? Well, there's not much to tell until uh, I uh, became a staff writer at The New Yorker after college. Uh, The Korean War was still going on and uh, enlisted in the Army, was sent to Germany. And uh, when I came back to this country in 1958, I joined the New Yorker magazine as a staff writer and stayed there for nearly 40 years. I've been retired from there for exactly 20 years. Uh, Okay, so that's about the time you um, published your um, autobiography, Secrets. Well, during that time, uh, yeah, uh, right at the end is what I published, the Autobiography Secrets uh, memoir. Uh, During my years at The New Yorker, I uh, specialized in writing about environmental and occupational health problems. I was the first journalist to write about the asbestos hazard uh, in 1968, 50 years ago. Uh, and wrote uh, many long articles in The New Yorker about that hazard over the next 10 or 12 years. Uh, They were used, the articles were used by uh, by the plaintiff bar to bring uh, the now famous asbestos litigation, which was uh, the largest, greatest litigation in the history of American jurisprudence, and drove the asbestos industry into bankruptcy. During that time, I also wrote about the hazard of uh, chlorofluorocarbon chemicals in spray cans, which were destroying the ozone layer, about the carcinogenic qualities and problems attached to the use and exposure to uh, many chemicals, as well as uh, to microwave radiation Uh, and the electromagnetic fields that uh, emanate from power lines. Uh, I uh, keep up with the subject, even though I haven't been writing about it in recent years. I want to say right off the bat to your listeners that um, if they want to become educated about the latest issues, in this area, in the area of microwave radiation hazard, uh, particularly in the 70s 
cell phone has it. When I first wrote about microwaves 40 years ago, uh, cell phones were unknown. They are now the greatest hazard as far as microwave radiation goes in the world. There are more cell phones in the world than there are people. There are some 8 billion, beef-a-boy billion cell phones in operation. When you hold one a cell phone to your head and transmit out to the nearest tower, which is what you're doing when you make a call, you are sending radiation deep into your brain. Uh, and children who have uh, skulls that are much thinner than adult skulls are sending it even further. It's interesting to note that Belgium, France, Israel, India, Austria, Germany, Ireland, Finia, Finland, England, to mention just a few of the nations that are warning children under 13, 16 not to use cell phones. What I would ask your listeners, my listeners also, what do these nations know that our nation does not? And the answer is nothing. The cover-up of the cell phone problem, great the cell phone radiation problem, is a question of money and the power wielded by the vast and powerful electro-telecommunications industry, which has cowed the government into not taking the proper steps to protect Americans against this problem. Now, uh, I can go into some of the more recent studies, but I would urge people to go online and simply plug in to cell phone radiation, question mark, studies, and they will get enough to keep reading for the next day and a half. Uh, because the Internet is full of the studies that have been done, and they'll get both pro and con, because uh, the industry is denying that there's any problem whatsoever. And scientists worldwide, uh, including some of the most prestigious scientific organizations there are, I'll go into some of those later, uh, are warning that there is. So you've got pro and con, the same way you did with the asbestos problem, the same way you did when, uh, when the, the companies that made chlorofluorocarbons were denying that there was any problem to the ozone layer, the same that you did when you had uh, the manufacturers of DDT and other insecticides and pesticides that Rachel Carson warned against, I might add, in the New Yorker to begin with. Uh, they were denying that. Industry always denies. Government rarely tells the truth. I hate to say it, but that's what I learned in 40 years as a uh, 50 years, nearly 50 years, as a journalist at The New Yorker. Yeah, it's um, really incredible. Uh, I've read uh, a number of your books. And I've read your um, autobiography and um, the dirty little tricks 
and the the practice arts of concealment and misdirection and disinformation are, as you put it uh, best in your book on the asbestos industry, outrageous misconduct. Um, oh, there's no uh, better way to describe it. To give you some idea about uh, how industry goes about denying, uh, let's just uh, stick to these business of microwave radiation. About 10 years ago, a scientist at the University of Washington analyzed all of the available studies that had been published in the medical, in, in, in the, in the medical journals to that time. Now, there were 326 studies as of 2006. And he found that, a, that the studies were divided about 50-50 between those that found harmful biological effects from uh, radiofrequency radiation and those that uh, didn't find any effects. And then he looked at the studies that had independent financing as compared with financing by the wireless industry. And when he did that, he found out that 70% of the 326 studies showed harmful biological effects. So you get some idea of where industry money goes to deny the problem. And it's picked up by the newspapers uh, because, of course, the telecommunications industry is a powerful uh, advertiser for the newspapers and wields enormous power in the Congress. Would you say you faced more resistance in your expose of the harms of asbestos or in your expose of the harms of the non-thermal effects of electromagnetic radiation? Well, I would answer that in this way. It's very difficult to compare the two. Asbestos is a very powerful carcinogen. Uh, people who work with asbestos and don't smoke uh, have about 10 times the lung cancer that non-asbestos non, non workers do. People who smoke have about, and, but don't work with asbestos, have about the same amount of lung cancer. If you smoke and work with asbestos, your chances of developing lung cancer jump to about 50 to 70 times the average. Now, I never have said and do not, and I do not believe that microwave radiation or power line electromagnetic fields are anywhere near as powerful a carcinogen as asbestos. But here's the difference, and here's where there may not be much of any difference. Asbestos, well, it's about 15, 20 million American workers were exposed to asbestos, especially in the shipyards during World War II. And probably, uh, probably been about half a million early deaths from asbestos disease. 
uh, among the American workforce, it's very hard to get uh, accurate figures. But here is microwave radiation coming out of cell phones. It's a weak carcinogen, admittedly. But there are eight, 8 billion people using them, including tens upon tens of billions of children whose brains are not wholly formed. We know, for example, uh, some of studies certainly show that, uh, that people who, uh, who, uh, who, who they, the chance of developing a brain tumor goes up as much as 40% after a decade of cell phone use. That people are five times more luck, more likely to develop a brain tumor if they began using a cell phone before the age of 20. Well, every, every child in this country uses a cell phone before the age of 20. Tell me one that doesn't. People have twice risk of developing the always malignant cancer known as glioma if they use their cell phones for half an hour a day for more than a decade. The people using cell phones for 2,000 hours have 240% greater risk for malignant brain tumors. That doesn't make, that does not make microwave radiation a powerful carcinogen the way asbestos was. But what is the difference? And this is a difficult question to ask, to, to answer, but it must be asked. What is the difference between a powerful carcinogen that just a few million people are exposed to and a weak carcinogen to which hundreds upon hundreds of millions of people are exposed to? There may not be much of a difference at all in the end. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope that answers your question. In other words, a weak carcinogen to which hundreds of millions of people are exposed may have the same result over time because it takes 20 to 30 years for tumors and cancer to develop as a powerful carcinogen does if, it's, if uh, only a few million people are exposed. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, that's a very good point. Ella, do you have any uh, questions you'd like to jump in with? No, I'm just listening to the statistics. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a little frightening. It's frightening, that's for sure. Well, uh, there have been two recent studies in the last five years which should cause consternation and has caused consternation among many doctors. The first one occurred in 2011 when uh, a group of uh, 34 scientists from 14 countries met in the headquarters of the World Health Organization in Lyon, France, uh, where the international agency research on cancer is headquartered and they were there 
this committee of 34 scientists from 14 countries were there to study the existing epidemiological studies, human studies, of microwave radiation, of cell phone radiation, I should say, and cancer. And they looked at hundreds of studies going back many years. And particularly, they examined the most recent studies from Sweden, Finland, Israel, and other European countries, particularly the studies of a Swedish doctor named uh, Leonard Hardell at the University of Oprebro in Sweden. And they found that there was reason to conclude that these human cell phone studies were a possible cause of cancer, particularly glioma, the malignant form of cancer of the brain, and acoustic neuroma, which is a non-malignant cancer that attacks the uh, nerve surrounding the ear. Uh, these studies were widely publicized, but for example, in the New York Times, two reporters posted a three-page article entitled, Cell Phone Radiation May Cause Cancer, Advisory Panel Says. It uh, declared exactly what I've just told you. And instead of making its way into the printed version of the page, it was stuck way off somewhere in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, Internet part of the paper. Oh, I should point out that this, that the chairman of this committee, was Dr. Jonathan Samet, S-A-M-E-T, a well-known oncologist at the University of Southern California, who is a prominent member of the National Cancer Advisory Board of the United States, part of the National Institute of Health. He was the chairman. He announced that the findings were that cell phone radiation constituted a possible cause of cancer. You must understand that these committees are always rather circumspect and that when they say possible, they probably mean probable. But anyway, it was possible. Then. Just last year, in May, May of 2016, a $25 million 10-year study conducted by the United States National Toxicology Program, which is also a, uh, a, a member organization of the National Institutes of Health, and known to be the foremost scientific body studying test animals announced a statistically significant increase in cancer among rats that it's been exposed to cell phone radiation for two years. 
they showed the studies of a National Toxicology Program study showed that the intensity of the radiation increased as did so as as the intensity of the radiation increased so did the incidence of cancer there was a significant dose response relationship the cancers were once again just as with the human study glioma malignant cancer of the brain and in this case malignant schwannomas of the heart a very rare tumor however in the human studies it must be remembered that the oral neuroma tumors, non-malignant, that entwine themselves around the nerve, auditory nerve of the ear, are also schwannomas. So that here you've got a correlation between rat studies and human studies. So what does industry say about this? Well, they love to say, and they've been doing this since the days of asbestos. By the way, they, they managed to delay the, uh, the recognition of asbestos as a nationwide hazard for decades by claiming that, well, rat studies aren't, rats aren't people. And then when you show them human studies, like the ones that Dr. Samet and the 34 scientists in the International Agency for Research on Cancer looked at, they say, well, that's junk. Epidemiology, which means the study of disease in humans, that's junk science. So you can't win either way with industry. They just don't want to know. And what they will do when this problem gets as serious as I fear it is going to get in 20 or 30 years, they will start settling the lawsuits out of court. And then if they need to, they'll do exactly what the asbestos industry did. They'll file for bankruptcy, spin off their uh, uh, cell phone uh, uh, satellites, and keep on going. By the way, it's interesting to note that uh, the giant Swiss reinsurance company, Swiss Ray, is refusing to ensure cell phone manufacturers and cell phone uh, telecommunications companies. Uh, and their reason is that uh, there's too much unknown of, of the unknown in them. Too much, in other words, too much risk, which is something that, of course, insurance companies hate with a vengeance. Yeah, that's... Um... That's a, a continuation of many of the themes you've touched upon in your books, going from asbestos to the zapping of America, um, that when uh, huge corporate profits or bureaucrat, bureaucratic prestige and power is at stake, it seems like no dirty trick is beneath. I, I'm not hearing you too well. Would you speak up a little bit, please? Uh, Paul, can you hear me a little better now? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you okay, too, Spencer. Yeah, okay, that's good. Speak right into the phone. That's great. I can hear you now. Yes. Um, what you're saying is very interesting, and it, uh, it's, it's a, a, con a t contemporary example of a theme that you've seen 
to have presented and that most people who've researched uh, the matter would agree with that when it comes to substantial corporate profits or the power and prestige of a certain bureaucracy that no no sly trick no no dirty little trick is beneath the um the people i remember in secrets uh when when you were uh, exposing the hazards of asbestos um uh, you, you were brought in by uh, one of the companies. Uh, they moved to Colorado. Uh, it was one of the major ma- uh, asbestos manufacturers back in the the seventies. Monsanto was out in Colorado. Oh, uh, yes, that's that's it. And th- they offered you a, a public relations position that was oh, that was in three times. That was before yourself. they went out to Colorado. That was when they were still in in the town of Manville, New Jersey. The town was named after them. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's more asbestos disease, or there has been, in that town than probably any other small town in the United States. Um, yeah, I remember that. Um, well, the thing is, you see, industry. Uh, wait. Let's put it this way. We've always found out about the major health hazards that exist in our country through epidemiology, the study of disease in humans. That's how we discovered cigarette smoking caused lung cancer. And that was why the Surgeon General announced in 1964 warned against cigarettes. Up until that time, you remember, remember, doctors were smoking lucky strikes, and there were ads all over the place. Uh, and uh, the same holds true for uh, for asbestos. It was Dr. Irving Selikoff of Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, whose famous retrospective epidemiology of the asbestos to, to union, uh, unions of asbestos workers showed the prevalence of lung disease in these men and how much, how, at what an incredible rate they were dying of it, and on and on and on. Uh, now, it's more difficult when you have uh, uh, the study of something that has just come along basically in the last, what, 20 years. There aren't, when you think about how many people have been using their cell phones heavily, uh, for 10, 20 years, it probably isn't all that many. But you see kids walking down the street, and what have they got clamped to their ear? A cell phone uh, or an iPad. Uh, and so they're radiating themselves constantly. We need to ask, what is this going to do over the long term? And are we going to wait patiently over the long term until we see bodies in the street the way we did with asbestos smoking, I'm sorry, cigarette smoking and asbestos inhalation, or are we going to take some sensible precautions now? It seems to me we should take some sensible precautions now, such as, for example, in France, they don't allow... um, uh, certain radiation devices in elementary schools. 
They don't allow hmm. advertising to sell tele to uh, sell sell telephones to children. Uh, in England, uh, as I've mentioned, these countries that are all have warned against exposing children. They, the British Medical Association has warned against it. So uh, very high levels of government are cracking down or trying to warn the populace about cell telephones. But one of the terrible things is, of course, they are incredibly popular uh, among children and young people. And so it's going to be very difficult to, uh, to control uh, what's going to happen, and particularly if it turns out to be an adverse result. I agree with you. Um, we um, have a, uh, an activist in our community called Barry Trower, or his name is Barry Trower. He's a, um, a, a former uh, Royal Navy veteran from uh, England, and he um, has, the, uh, has a similar stance to yours. He, he tells us, and you know, he goes in front of city council worldwide, and he says, um, we really don't have uh, long-term studies on the effects of these weapons. You are uh, not the, the weapons; the, these devices. Um, they, you know, they're 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 just swarming us in um, in fields of radiation. Uh, you know, that are in in the frequencies of you know 400 megahertz to a couple gigahertz. What you've got so far, the only thing you can have are retrospective studies in which you study populations and you question them about their the individuals that are part of these studies about their, their use of cell phones, which is the only way you can recreate their exposure. Now, industry claims, of course, that this may be prone to... Uh, memory loss or uh, inaccuracies, and, and that's true enough. Uh, but what is industry's answer? They want a prospective study. Guess what that means? That means not doing anything about cell phones until 20 or 30 years go by and we see what the answer will be. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah, it uh, passed the uh, buck on to someone else. Just keep stalling. It seems like that's their strategy. Well, wouldn't that be convenient for them not to do anything until we we see what the, what the harm may be? Uh, now, there are some things you can do for yourself. Uh, you can um, get um, earplugs that uh, uh, keep your cell phone away from your head. I think there's a device called Bluetooth. Maybe that's it. I don't have one. I just don't use my cell phone much. I keep it uh, with me when I go out in my boat. So if I hyperventilate, I can call uh, uh, the rescue squad. And I keep it in my car so that if I get a flat tire, I can call uh, AAA. Uh, I don't need it. I don't use my cell phone to stay in touch with the world 24 hours a day. I use my landline. And I don't see uh, most people have now given up their landline in favor of their cell phone, which I think is a very foolish thing to do. 
The other thing you can do, although I rarely see people doing this, is once you dial out and you're transmitting your call out to the nearest cell phone tower, you can hold your cell phone six inches away from your head until the connection is made, and you won't be sending radiation six inches into your brain. Because if the, the radiation drops off drastically with the, the power, with, uh, with proximity. By the way, I should mention that in those studies of human studies of uh, glioma, malignant brain tumors, cancer that were conducted in Sweden, that a number of studies showed that the gliomas were occurring on the side of the brain to which be the user of the cell phone, be left-handed or right-handed, were occurring. In other words, if the cell phone user was left-handed, the glioma was occurring on the left side of the brain. If he or she were right-handed, it was occurring on the right side. Just a little bit of corroboration. Interesting. Uh, yes, I agree with you. I think um, that the the effects of uh, the non-thermal effects of uh, you're familiar with the difference between ionizing and non-ionizing radiation, yes, right? Yes, I am, and oh, okay. uh, it's been it's been uh, a tenet of American scientific thinking for almost a century, or certainly since radio came into being, that non-ionizing radiation, such as uh, radio frequency microwave uh, cannot break DNA uh, to cause cancer. But this latest national toxicology program shows that the radiation does break the DNA. Uh, And about 73 other studies done over the last 20 years also show that. So uh, this whole idea that microwave radiation and radio frequency radiation are too weak to cause any any uh, cancer is now apparently uh, up in smoke, uh, although there the industry is still claiming that it cannot. Uh, and of course, they they claim that non-ionizing radiation cannot cause cancer, but uh, ultraviolet radiation is non-ionizing, and we know that that causes skin cancer. So uh, uh, there's another actual, there are, there are many mechanisms which haven't been explored that may show how microwave radiation could cause uh, uh, cancer. For example, 50 years ago or 40 years ago, I wrote about a scientist in Pennsylvania, a pioneering scientist named Alan Fry, who demonstrated in rats to whom he gave, uh, injected with dye, protein dye, colored dye, that when he irradiated these rats, the blood-brain barrier, which is a membrane that prevents proteins and toxic uh, 
substances carried in the blood from entering the brain, that the microwave radiation affected the uh, blood-brain barrier so that it opened up and allowed the dye to go into the rat's brains. And dozens of studies since then have corroborated the fact that microwave radiation uh, affects the blood-brain barrier, weakens it, allows toxins to enter into the brain. That may be a mechanism, I don't know. Uh, but it's certainly interesting. Uh, and there doesn't, it doesn't need to be just one thing or the other. It could be something that we have no idea about that is causing the cancers that are being seen in the human studies and now in the rat study. It's interesting that the rat study that has just been announced last year, to May of 2016, corroborates almost to the, to the, to the absolute finding the human studies that were studied five years ago by Dr. Samet and the 34 scientists at the International Agency for Research on Cancer. And that's incredible corroboration. And you would think that people would sit up and take notice, but you'd be wrong. I agree with you. Um, worldwide, there, there, there are countless studies that show numerous um, psychological as well as physiological effects of electromagnetic radiation, non-thermal effects. Um, I, it's interesting that you bring up the, the name of Alan Fry in the context of uh, the blood-brain barrier, uh, barrier penetration. He also produced a... Um, somewhat landmark study that that there's a lot of resistance to reproducing about the microwave auditory effect. And if you don't mind um, switching gears and talking about some of the more non-lethal and intricate effects of non-thermal electromagnetic radiation, I would uh, be curious, uh, because you mentioned this study in your book, The Zapping of America, um, and you, and in your bi autobiography, uh, Secrets, you also speak about how you know, various experiments uh, stemming from uh, Project Seafarer, uh, well, specifically one in uh, Eugene, Oregon, uh, using ELF frequencies, uh, had profound effects on the mental state of um, the residents of that county. Um, well, what, sure. what, do you, what are your thoughts on the, the non-lethal, the non-cancer well, effects of, elect, not, of electromagnetic radiation? Yeah, when I first started writing uh, the book, the articles in the New Yorker that were published, two articles were back-to-back -back published in December of 1976, which is... Uh, just exactly, I guess, 40 years ago, and it's yeah. Um, I, the uh, radiation of the Moscow Embassy was going on, and there was a lot of talk about whether this was an attempt by the Russians to alter the behavior of uh, of our uh, diplomats and foreign service personnel. Uh, you know, nobody ever really could quite understand how you could uh, 
phase an entire embassy in, uh, in enough radiation to alter the behavior. The best guess I felt was that they were trying to, because we do the same thing to foreign embassies in this country, uh, was to activate um, hidden listening devices in the walls. Uh, but there's no question that uh, microwave radiation has been talked about as uh, something that can uh, affect uh, behavior and the brain. I'll get around to Eugene in a second. Uh, there's no, I mean, after all, the brain is an exquisitely sensitive electrochemical system. And when you dump a lot of microwave radiation into it, or electromagnetic fields, whatever, radio frequency radiation, it's bound to have some effect. What the naysayers and industry are saying is, oh, we're just impervious to this stuff. It doesn't, it can't affect us at all. But it just, you know, that, that just, that, that belief doesn't make sense and shouldn't make sense to the average intelligent person. How can you dump electrical energy into a sensitive electrochemical system, exquisitely sensitive electrochemical system, such as the human brain, and not have any effect. I mean, it seems like an ignorant premise to begin with. Now, you may not be able to figure out what exactly that effect is. So let's go down to Eugene. And what happened in Eugene was the Navy set up a dummy power line, which it hit with a huge amount of electro-low frequency radiation because it had found that the only way it could communicate with its deep sea submerged nuclear submarines was to send the ELF out into the ocean. It, it, they found that extra low frequency radiation could penetrate down into the into salt water. So that meant the submarine didn't have to come up to the surface and uh, uh, and and expose themselves to attack. Well, it also turned out that the people in Oregon and that part of the world heat their houses with uh, a, a system that almost looks like an electric blanket in the ceiling. Uh, they have a lot of hydroelectric power out there, so electrical uh, electricity is cheap. And they, uh, when they were when the Navy was hitting this dummy power line that they were using as an antenna to send ELF out into the Pacific, they were also, of course, <laughs> hitting, hitting these, these uh, configurations of wire in the ceiling that were hitting these homes. And they, I've, I've heard, I don't know, I was never experienced this myself, that people were waking up in the middle of the night with their hair on end. I don't know how much of it. I never heard that there was a whole lot of... Uh, of uh, psychological problems, but I imagine if you woke up in the middle of the night with your hair on end, you might have a few. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible. I mean, um, it's we're really the first generation to be fully aware of the electromagnetic nature of humans. Uh, 
at our core, we are we are made up of atoms, and all atoms are orbited by electric sensitive particles called electrons. Uh, yeah. m- most yeah. people know this these days, and um, those electrons are very um, susceptible to interference with not only electricity, as anyone who's ever touched a live wire knows but to certain types of electromagnetic radiation, especially electromagnetic radiation um, that is modulated in such a way that it's, we haven't evolved, uh, you know, our our basic, you know, core genotype hasn't evolved uh, with that being exposed to that type of electromagnetic radiation. So it kind of, uh, it can interfere almost with every biological system in our body because it's all just electrons at its base. No question. Uh, and, and of course, just a huge amount of scientific research and work needs to be done. But I just watched a news program tonight in which scientists nationwide are scared to death that this new administration is going to uh, suppress uh, scientific research in order to deregulate uh, a lot of uh, agencies that depend upon research to promulgate new rules. Uh, So uh, it may not be a very good time for any further microwave research in this country, not that there has been a lot, most of it has been done in this country to deny the problem and to lie about it. There's a famous story uh, during the, uh, the the microwave irradiation of the American embassy in Moscow was a front-page story in the New York Times and other major news- newspapers for months and months in the summer and autumn of uh, 1976 when I was writing my book. And uh, uh, it was learned that a lot of the, uh, uh, that the returning people who were, had finished their tours in Moscow and were returning to the United States were being examined at Walter Reed Hospital in Washington and given uh, buckle spears, scrapings of the cheek, and they were told that this was that they were being tested for a viral con- infection. And that's what the embassy doctors and embassy officials, including Henry Kissinger, uh, uh, who was Secretary of State then, were trying to say was the problem the cause of uh, uh, the health problems in Moscow. Well, it was a blatant lie because. If any medical doctor knows, buckle smear is not used to uh, identify a viral infection. It's uh, it's used to uh, to detect chromosomal defects, which are often caused by radiation. So the state that was just one instance where the State Department lied. Henry Kissinger spent a secret cable to Moscow after my pieces appeared in the New Yorker instructing the spokesman there how to respond to any questions 
the Foreign Service personnel might have about my articles in the New Yorker. The, the, the questions and the responses were a tissue of lies. For example, these spokesmen were instructed to say that there was nothing wrong with uh, Ambassador Walter Stossel, who had complained to Kissinger about the fact that his telephone was emanating powerful radiation into his ear. Hmm. And uh, it was also rumored that uh, Ambassador Stossel had developed leukemia. The State Department denied this. Blatant lie. Ambassador Stossel was reassigned from Moscow to Bonn, Germany, was assigned as ambassador to Bonn. He never showed up there. He was sent to Zurich, Switzerland, where he underwent the latest blood treatment for leukemia. Uh, his whole blood was changed. I interviewed his daughter. She corroborated all of this. Uh, she said the whole family knew that he developed leukemia, and so did he, but he and his wife decided that they were going to be good soldiers and go along with, uh, be dutiful. Uh, anyway, he died in 1986, and of course he died of leukemia. Uh, the State Department lied not only to its employees, but to its own ambassador. It was shocking. Uh, Henry Kissinger will go to his grave with the secrets of what really went on at the Moscow Embassy. Uh, too bad somebody can't depose him. That old man is swollen with secrets. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation um, uh, that ranges. Uh, there's all sorts of speculation. Um, there, there were a number of guards and personnel that reported mysterious activity on the eighth floor of the embassy, uh, guys in radiation suits from well, our own country, are, and it was the age of MK Ultra. Nobody, nobody really knows what went on there. There was a very high incidence of cancer in the embassy. Yeah, I think you said... It certainly wasn't coming from the very weak so-called Moscow signal that was being sent across Tchaikovsky Avenue uh, to probably activate both. My own theory, but I have no proof of this, I want to emphasize this theory, is sure. that the intelligence, American intelligence agencies brought uh, radar suppressor pods, smuggled them into Russia with the, you know, with the refrigerators and the rest of the stuff they bring in, uh, and like using a flamethrower to swat a mosquito uh, tried to suppress, did suppress the Soviet, uh, weak Soviet radiation, but also exposed uh, embassy personnel to heavy, heavy doses of radiation. Whether that's true or not, I, I say I, I don't know. I, I simply have all, often postulated that that was a possibility. Uh, certainly something caused the... Uh, higher than normal incidence of cancer among uh, the uh, uh, embassy personnel. And uh, a, it turns out that a, uh, the wife of one of the uh, foreign service officers had developed brain, uh, breast cancer 
several years before the uh, irradiation of the embassy. Back, in fact, it was back in the 60s. And they, he had sued the State Department, and they settled the case out of court to his advantage. So uh, there was something they wanted to keep secret there quite clearly. And as I say, I happen to know for, for a fact that uh, Henry Kissinger's cable was a tissue of lies. That's how I came to write The Zapping of America, by the way. I took that cable to a number of publishers and pointed out that there was something rotten in Denmark, in this case in the United <laughs> States, and uh, they uh, financed the book. Yes, uh, it was a very tragic situation, and um, the the '60s and the Vietnam era um, were were kind of kicked off by a very stern warning by by our president, by our our five star general, by the 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 man who conquered Europe during World War II and and ended fascism and. Uh, brought peace to the world, Dwight Eisenhower, he said, beware the military-industrial complex. He wasn't speaking to a foreign nation. He wasn't speaking to our enemies. He was speaking to the American public. He was warning us to watch out for this system that operates behind secrecy that, you know, has has the temptation towards corruption and abuse of power. And I... I, I believe most people, the vast, vast majority people in our country are good. So I have family members in, in the military or, or military veterans. My grandparents both fought in World War II. Uh, there, there's no more of a patriotic person than I am. But when, you're, but when, when you have uh, the temptations of secrecy and the abuse of power, it tends to corrupt. It's a timeless fact of man going back to Ceylon and ancient Greece to, you know, the founding fathers of this country that warned us if uh, accountability uh, was lost, then people would turn into wolves and uh, organizations would descend into tyranny. And uh, some people – go ahead. Look at how the whole Vietnam War started. President Johnson claimed that the destroyer Turner Joy had been attacked by North Korean uh, North uh, Vietnamese torpedo boats turned out to be a total lie. Never happened. It's in the congressional record that it didn't happen. That it never happened. Uh, so that kind of prevarication uh, uh, in our country is common. And uh, getting back to the subject we're on, uh, uh, industry is is an un, just an unbelievable prevaricator when it comes to uh, uh, occupational and environmental health hazards. Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, during that same era when MKUltra was going on and non-consensual experiments were being carried out and behavioral modification and mind control modification, um, and you hear talk in the Moscow embassy of the eighth floor that's off limits and people in radiation suits coming and going. Uh, well, one can one can only speculate yeah. about the abuses that might have taken place. There was all that MK Ultra stuff. Uh, 
that uh, the CIA carried out. I I don't believe any of that included microwave radiation, but it certainly included a lot of chemicals. Um, uh, You're you're correct. The majority did include that, but we we recently had psychiatrist Colin Ross on, who um, has done an extensive analysis of the FOIA documents released during that period, and numerous sub-projects, including sub-project 119, uh, involved the um, entrainment and conditioning of individuals with uh, non-thermal electromagnetic radiation. So um, that, that, that factors into um, all considerations, especially back in that area. And um, one can only imagine uh, with the advancements in electro uh, or electronics, microelectronics and nanotechnology, um, what's taken place since, um, because it's, it remains classified and, as you're probably well it's aware. It's hard to see how it can be used as a mass weapon because it's very difficult to imagine how it can be broadened to affect a lot of people. The, um, uh, the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency, I believe it was, or one of the government agencies, the military agencies, was supposed to be developing a barrier control weapon using microwave. But that was uh, powerful enough to make, make people uncomfortable, to you know, make them feel hot, like cooking them with a with a giant microwave oven. Uh, and I, I I wrote about that actually in uh, in the Zapping of America. Uh, I am not familiar with uh, any of the so-called mind control uh, experiments that went on. Uh, I don't know that they did or didn't, frankly. Yes, uh, I mean, I, I I don't want you to speculate or anything that you um, haven't uh, studied extensively, but um, based on um, you know countless whistleblower statements, it depends on on targeted harassment. Um, it depends on uh, attacking the biological systems of a person in such a way that that person either has to comply with the demands of the perpetrator or he is basically tortured with uh, the non-thermal effects of electromagnetic radiation indefinitely. And the medical community has check boxes. It, it's either inside of the box or it's outside of the box. And uh, I've I've gotten manuals from um, you know the medical community on the responses to terrorist attacks, and uh, they have a small little blurb regarding electromag or the effects of non-thermal electromagnetic radiation, and it basically says studies in this matter are classified, but they are known to cause physiological and psychological effects, and this is in a you know a 500-page volume, and it's just one little paragraph. Um, so I, um, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there because um, it's... Oh, I'd be surprised if, uh, if, uh, if there were such uh, um, entrainment possibilities that they would not have been uh, uh, 
attempted in, uh, in, 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 in independent institutions such as uh, in, in universities. Uh, I have been contacted over the years, hundreds of times probably, by people telling me that they felt they were being uh, controlled, harassed, abused by unknown uh, unknown sources of microwave or uh, radio frequency radiation. Uh, these have always been individuals. Uh, as far as I know, they have not been in positions of prominence, but I have not investigated a whole lot of them, except one or two that I happen to live very close to, and I uh, uh, went around, took a look at where they lived, with a Gauss meter and tried to figure out if there was any extra radiation. I never could make much out of any of it, frankly. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, are troubled by the idea that they may be uh, subjected to radiation. I was never able to uh, prove or disprove that they were. Uh, I know it's a, it's a common thing. And there is, of course, something that is being more and more recognized as radiation sickness. Uh, people who are very sensitive to electromagnetic fields. That, I think, is, uh, it has become uh, more and more recognized as the years go by. I myself have not investigated that aspect of things. Yes, I, sir. I, yes, sir. I I basically stopped writing about this uh, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, which brings me to something I'd like to say. People who are interested in keeping up with the biological effects of microwave radiation could do very well to subscribe to a publication called Microwave News. It used to come out in paper form. Now it's on the internet. It is put out by a man, it's been put out for 30 years by a man whom I considered probably to know more about the biological effects of microwave radiation than anyone in the country. Uh, and he can be, his name is Lewis. L-O-U-I-S, Schlesin, S-L-E-S-I-N. They can be reached at Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at Microwave News, one word, small caps, microwavenews.com. Lewis at microwavenews.com. Uh, his publication is uh, absolutely uh accurate and to the point as far as I've been able to tell about bringing, keeping everyone up to date on not only the studies done in this country but all over the world. He is a, he's known to probably to every microwave scientist the world over. I'm familiar with him and I admire his integrity and his intelligence and I'm glad you brought that up because while he's an excellent source of information, he's he hasn't gotten much publicity from the mainstream 
probably because well, he's, what he says is so he's, true. He's got much publicity because they refuse to carry his stories. They yes. The, the press is dead set against carrying this issue. I mean, that, that's not unusual, for example. I wrote about the hazard of uh, asbestos back in 1968, first journalist to do so. For the next dozen years, the New York Times, in writing about asbestos, never put it once on its front page, never mentioned it in terms of its disease potential, but simply mentioned, they would always say, asbestos is, uh, what would they, I'm sorry, I'll run out of my head uh, what they would say. I think you said they always blamed it on digging in your garden. Uh, no, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> government guys always would say when you first, when, when I first went around to uh, look at, uh, to dig into asbestos, they would say, well, you know, you can get chest disease from digging in your garden, which uh, I guess is true in some places. No, they would say, they would say asbestos and alleged carcinogen, as if it had the rights of, uh, of presumption of innocence. Uh, an animate object, and they did this for 10 years, and they always carried the story on their business page. The only time it made the front page was when John's Mandel finally filed for bankruptcy uh, 14 years after I wrote my first article uh, and two other books in 1982. Then it took another five years before they finally, you know, were got driven out of the asbestos industry, and bankruptcy saved their their hide from any further punishment. I I think that's a theme that can apply to a lot of um, abuses, and you've covered a lot of them, and you've saved, I think, countless lives. And uh, I, uh, I you, uh, you you truly will go down in history for that. I, I hate to uh, embarrass you with such uh, flattery, but. Um, uh, your your books are incredible, and your your service to mankind is uh, unparalleled. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, um, I guess um, we should uh, wrap it up and maybe take some questions. Uh, before we do that, though, um, I know uh, in your retirement you've started uh, writing novels again, Um would you like to tell us about your, your recently published book in 2015 and any works you've uh, decided to uh, tackle in the future? Well, I'm always working on something. Um, writers, um, writers always uh, uh, keep it up. Keep it up. We don't retire. Uh, I published a novel last year called The, uh, uh, the Scout's Account in the shadow of the Mayflower, which is a history, a historical novel about what uh, happened in, uh, in uh, southeastern New England after the Mayflower arrived during the rest of the uh, 17th century, uh, because that's where, of course, the uh, theft of uh, native land and the decimation of Native Americans began, and from New England it just rolled westward like a tsunami across the nation until it reached the Pacific, 
by that time there weren't that many natives left. Those that did were wiped out uh, by the U.S. cavalry. Uh, the last big battle, I guess, was in 1894 or something at Wounded Knee or somewhere in the Dakota where, uh, where the uh, uh, cavalry wiped out several hundred warriors, women, and children. Uh, but anyway, this is where it began, and I wrote that, a novel about that. And I've written several other novels, a book of short stories, and uh, uh, I kind of then, of course, a, a number of books, nonfiction books. Well, that's great. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. And um, do you have a, uh, a few minutes to take some uh, caller questions? Yeah, a couple, sure. All right. Um, well, let me pull up the um, co um, control tab here. Uh, let's see. Uh, the first in the queue is Maine. Le I'm taking over for, for Ella right now. Uh, let's see. Maine, do you have a question? Can you hear me? Okay, we'll move on to Southeast Wisconsin. Southeast Wisconsin, do you have a question? Hi, I just I just wanted to say that um, we have found reports from as far back as 1962, I believe, that um, the military um, admit I think there were the Naval Research Institute and and some other military um, uh, institutes were admitting to the effects and symptoms of radio frequency and radar um, sickness and and the ill effects. So the, there are reports back that you know date that date way back into the 60s. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, uh, if you're talking about radio frequency sickness, the Russians reported it back in the Second World War, they found that their radar workers were suffering from insomnia, uh, headaches, uh, nervous disability, uh, and a bunch of other central nervous systems, uh, symptoms, sorry. Uh, and that, that was, those were the first reports that I know of, the Russian reports, uh, by two ep Russian epidemiologists, Zenaida V. Gordon and one other whose name I can't remember, uh, two women who did large epidemiological studies of Russian radar workers and discovered these effects. Now, the Russians have always been ahead of us in determining the effects of radiation, both ionizing and non-ionizing. They, for example, were among the first to warn that ionizing radiation uh, was uh, detrimental. Uh, and we didn't find that out until uh, studies of Hiroshima, which uh, resulted in showing that American radiologists were developing leukemia at a hugely 
uh, increased rate over other, all other doctors. So, and they, and they, so we have these studies back, back as as far as that, and and still we there are people that will not admit that this is happening that pe that people can get sick and it's just incredible to me that that the that, that there's such deny deniability in this in this field well it, it, you see one one reason was that which we didn't get to discuss in the main body of the uh, podcast was that uh Microwave radiation turns out to be the heart and soul of all defensive and offensive weapon systems. Missiles are guided by microwave radiation. Radar is guided by microwave radiation. The radar that guides the missiles is microwave radiation. The drones are guided by microwave radiation. So uh, when you have the all of the defensive and offensive weapon systems of a nation as militarized as ours, you're, you're bound to have uh, some people that don't want any health effects about it known widely, right? Hi, thank you, sir. I, thank you very much. Thank you for thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, uh, next on the list is a caller from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, you're on the line. Hi. Um, yes, I was wondering, because of all the bombardment with radiation that we seem to get, and it's causing a mass amount of people to have very severe headaches, do you have any recommendations for protecting ourselves? I'm sorry I didn't get too much of that. Could you repeat that for me, Spencer? The caller was asking if someone is being um, uh, affected by electromagnetic radiation, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, do you know of any methods of shielding or any experts that might offer advice on shielding methods? Well, if you're being exposed to high magnetic fields from power lines that are close by or from uh, home, uh, home wiring, electrical wiring in your home, or from certain devices, you can buy a very cheap device uh, called a Gauss meter, G-A-U-S-S-M-E-T-E-R, which measures the magnetic field. Now, if you hold a Gauss meter next to uh, a hairdryer when it's on, it's going to go off the dial. A lot of household gadgets emit very powerful radiation, electromagnetic fields. In some houses where there's faulty wiring, you're having this magnetic field all the time. So if you think that you're being subjected to strong magnetic fields, you might want to get a Gauss meter or hire uh, somebody who measures the magnetic field uh, to come in and do so for you. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, Massachusetts. Let's see, Linda, you're on the call. 
Do you have a question for Mr. Baudet? Was, oh, I'm sorry, Linda? I was muted. Yeah, I was muted. I muted myself. Hi, I don't really know how to pronounce your last name, so can I call you Paul? Sure, go ahead. What's Hi question? there. Okay, I am so glad you brought up the issue of the insurance factor and that the, um, well, it's not just the phone company, it's not just the cell phone companies, it's Lloyds of London um, will not cover anything that is directly or indirectly arising out of, resulting from, or contributed to by electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation, electromagnetism, radio waves, or noise. And I think this is so big, it should be like, it should be, everybody should know about this, because this couldn't say this is dangerous stuff more clearly when, when insurance companies start excluding coverage, you know? Uh, who, to whom are they excluding coverage? Oh, any 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 device, any device, any company that makes a device that creates the electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation, any everybody, they won't cover any no. damages. But I maybe I didn't make it clear when I spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Swiss Ray, the big Swiss company which reinsures a lot of the yes. American companies, yes. is refusing to offer product liability. Yes. Now, product liability is is uh, sold to manufacturers of devices by by insurers, mm-hmm. right? Because there are laws in this country that if you manufacture a device and it is hazardous to health, you have to put a warning label on it. Mm-hmm. This is why the asbestos industry was sued. They didn't put any warning on any of their bags of asbestos that they shipped around Mm -hmm. or on any of their insulation products that were cut up uh, and installed in wartime ships. So the same now holds true for electromagnetic uh, gadgets and microwaves and stuff. The uh, Swiss Bay, at least, is not insuring companies that make these because they are not putting... uh, Warning labels on the uh, your microwave, uh, your, your I'm sorry, your cell phone. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. The uh, the and and if of course the companies are worried that if they did put such a warning label on, uh, they uh, uh, they, they mm-hmm. wouldn't sell stuff. Now, right. of course, they're, they're also banking on the fact that the government is going to keep denying that there's a problem. And as long as the government keeps denying that there's a problem, mm-hmm. the industry doesn't feel that it has to put any warning labels. So it's a vicious circle. Now, of course, you've got two major elements of the government, uh, and one particularly, the National Toxicology Program, which has just come out last year, with a major study showing that the cell phone radiation is cancer-producing. Uh, let's see what that does over time to uh, the government's stance on this whole thing. Uh, whether it will uh, loosen things up or not, uh, who knows? Um, I doubt it myself. I think the, I think the cover-up is going to continue until uh, 
you know, a lot more comes out. Hmm. You don't think that insurance companies putting a, a disclaimer or a, a absolute refusal to insure any company that makes a device that causes electric, they, they're also talking about smart meters and a, and a variety of uh, devices. It just feels to me that if, if insu- well, Lloyd's of London is pretty much is one of the largest companies in the world, and they'll insure almost anything. But um, they've got an exclusion in their policies; they will not cover anything that that is covered is an electromagnetic radiation frequency. Um, oh, I just, I just think too that's too much a, risk involved. Too much what? There's too much risk involved. They don't want to yeah. cover it because. They don't know what the future is going to hold. Right. Right. And if they think, I mean, I understand that they made this determination based on, I can't remember the doctor's name, but a doctor that that looked into this very carefully and and felt that there was a a lot of risk, a lot of problems, a lot of disease caused by these fields. And it just seems to me that this this is such a strong point as far as, I mean, if these huge insurance companies will not provide liability insurance because of those, I just think that really says there's an issue here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. That's just All what right. I wanted to say. Well, let me just say one more thing. If Even if yeah. Trump does, just if Trump does deregulate, you know, all of this, um, all, all of the regulations um, on these companies, yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to force insurance companies to insure them. So I'm, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's just my thought. I, it's still going to be I, an you issue. You know, I, I don't. I, it, whether whether regulation is going to be the answer here or not, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, the the cat may be out of the bag in the sense that uh, uh, there are so many of these devices worldwide now. There's so much heavy use, particularly among yes. young people, yeah. that I don't, I'm not hopeful, frankly, that much can be done. Although, yeah. obviously, the scientists are calling for more and more research, and that mm-hmm. there's no earthly reason why the research shouldn't be done. What I'm yeah. afraid of is that under this new administration and the way the country's going in general, that the research funds are going to be dried up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a scary thought. Power corrupts, you know, yeah. and it will. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul, how are you doing? Um, I'm I, all right. I think that's about it, huh? Okay. Um, well, to wrap things up, could you make a um, a few closing remarks on what you've um, your takeaways from um, a, a life of courageously exposing the misdeeds and the corruption of powerful bureaucracies and companies? Uh, what would your advice be for an investigative journalist that? Uh, in this field right now. Uh, do you have any uh, words of wisdom for uh, him or her? Not too many words of wisdom, I'm afraid. Try to go with or try to uh, get place yourself with a, a publication that uh, 
whose editors and whose publisher believes in uh, in, uh, in, in in looking in deeply into things. I was very fortunate to be at the New Yorker during the uh, reign of a very famous editor-in-chief named William Sean, who published John Hersey's Hiroshima in 1946, and then published Rachel Carson's Silent Spring in the early 60s. Uh, and uh, he uh, was very interested in environmental and occupational health, as was E.B. White and other famous staff writers uh, at the magazine. And it was a place where uh, our efforts were uh, were encouraged. That's not true everywhere, and there are some uh, um, there are some publications that are, are uh, I've mentioned a few of them tonight that are, are uh, hold back because of advertising and, and influenced by uh, by powerful industry groups. Um, that's about the only thing I can say. I think it's a, uh, a noble calling, uh, even if it can be a thankless one. Uh, you're going to get a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of, uh, of uh, snide backbiting, but uh, that comes with the territory. And um, as I say, if you can find a publication to work for that will let you loose on a story, and as long as you do it accurately, publish what you write, uh, that's about the best you can hope for. Well, thank you for that in, uh, encouraging remark, and uh, let me say again how much of a pleasure it's been to uh, have you on the podcast tonight. Uh, your book, uh, The Zapping of America, is truly uh a groundbreaking work, not to mention all the work you did with uh, exposing the harms of asbestos and the thousands of lives saved by discontinuing the use of that product. Um, so um, uh, we are truly grateful for all the work you've done, and uh, I would um, I would look forward to uh, more books from you in the future. Thank you very much for those kind remarks. You're very welcome. And it was a pleasure being with you tonight. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Uh, Northwest California, do you have a question? Hmm. me while I was just... Um having something to eat. Um, but I wanted to um, mention to Mr. Brodeau, I wanted to thank him. I contacted him about 25 years ago when I was first wow. learning, along with um, from, uh, the late Robert O. Becker, about uh, electromagnetic fields and uh, hypersensitivity. And also gauss meters. That's when I got my first gauss meter about 25 years ago. Oh, um, uh, Odour was a great help, and uh, and I really appreciate your 
you're getting him on on the call, uh, Spencer. Uh, uh, really a good find. Especially, Thank you. But you know what I actually wanted to uh, mention to him was a solution, and to you and the the other people on the call, is that you know isn't as difficult as it may seem. You know, to to uh, go toward a Wi-Fi free society, all that all that needs to be done, people stop buying into a, the idea and the products. Don't buy wireless products. Demand safe products. Use a, a fully corded landline phone. Uh, demand a safer environment uh, from your your city council and the. These manufacturers all need to be sued uh, uh, and exposed. But it's a simple thing of uh, voting with your money. It is that. I think that, you know, we could change the, the whole thing. By, uh, and there is a movement here somewhere, <laughs> you know, to, to going back to a, a safer uh, 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 less uh, where we're not getting fried by uh, microwaves every which way, everywhere, literally everywhere, and it's, it's increasing. You know, the damn thing is just it is it is a, it's a catastrophe. We are living in an emergency. The thing is, you know, we don't really have any choice. We've got to stop using them and stop buying them. If you stop buying the stuff, they'll stop making them. I think the problem is more widespread than that. And it's, it, it's going to just really, the one thing that's going to end this is massive public education on the facts that electromagnetic radiation can not only track your location in real time but cause you pain that's the root of the problem because if you can anonymously cause pain to someone then you make that person your slave and that corrupts all of society they've had this technology since the 60s it's not any more or it's not any more complicated than the technology we use to communicate with spaceships and biological um, readings and lunar rovers on the moon in the uh, in the late 60s. I, mean, um, I, I think you kind of missed the gist of what I was saying. I was talking about the danger of, of cell phones. People are frying themselves. Now, let's not be putting it on, on somebody else, you know, uh, uh, targeting you. You know, people are frying themselves with their own wireless devices. What is so hard to understand about that? Well, I mean, there, there's unintentional exposure, and then there's intentional exposure. And well, what, what people need to realize is that if you have a cell phone, that you are cooking yourself and everybody around you. Yes, I'm, that's it's a good a point, and we're the first we're the first generation to deal with that. And you're making a good point. We're talking about you know, unintentional targeting uh, just from uh, the widespread use of electromagnetic devices. That's also a danger. 
And I agree with you. And, um, you know, just spread the word and keep raising awareness. I think the greater threat is the intentional targeting of individuals with electromagnetic radiation. And that's been shrouded in so much propaganda and misdirection and misinformation that anyone who speaks of that is committing a crime worse than murder, according to popular opinion. That's what needs to be tackled. Uh, first and foremost, but at the same time, you're definitely right. We need to raise awareness constantly of the uh, just general effects of being exposed to this stuff. Uh, Paul Brodeur. It's absolutely factual, and it is is what is more basic than frying yourself, getting a wireless device and, and putting it as close to your body as you possibly can, like up to your ear, or carrying it doesn't matter whether it's on or not, you know, by carrying it next to your body, even the manufacturers in the very, very small print they hope you'll never find, say, keep it at least an inch away from your body. The basic thing, the basic idea that people need to understand is that, you know, uh, uh, this, is a, this is lethal technology that they are using. Once they understand that, then everything else will fall into place. Then they stop using it. And they will use a safer alternative, like wire. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. We, we've put all our faith in technocrats and bureaucrats that get paid whether we live or die. They don't need us as a big, strong, intelligent force of hundreds of millions to invade Canada or to invade Mexico. They have drones that can do the damage of a million people. So... The masses are a threat to the political establishment. The masses can vote them out of power. They can end their bloated budgets. The masses can, I'm not a communist, I'm a pure capitalist. I agree that anyone who earns his way legally, you know, from whatever race or religion should have, you know, the enjoyment of his labor. But bureaucrats in the deep state, which is blossomed to 5 million people bigger than the size of Norway and, and you know, just a small minority of them. 99% of them are good, but 1% of them who make the rules of the top that all the bureaucrats and technocrats have to fo- uh, follow below them are, are the ones that don't care. They're the ones who can be exploited and corrupted, who can join in to this corrupt system that makes the guidelines that says common sense is illegal. You aren't allowed to have common sense and the technocrats and the bureaucrats working below us aren't allowed to have common sense. They have a checkbox, whether it's a doctor, a, a psychiatrist, a law enforcement officer, they have a checkbox and it either fits in the box or it doesn't. So I'm not disagreeing with you. They're all serious problems that we need to consider. Uh, Massachusetts, you have a call? Or you have a question, I mean. Hello, Massachusetts, are you there? Yes, I am. Spencer, you did a great job um, moderating this call, and your speaker also, Paul, was very informative and um, interesting. I like the question so far, too. Everyone's been asking. They've been right on. I heard um, Mr. Broder speak about acoustic type cancers that are caused by mostly cell phones that we use greater than one hour a day over a 10-year period. Um, There's a higher incidence. And he talked about this uh, with some great knowing 
I wonder if you know if I could find out more information about that type of stuff, where those studies and research are at. Um, there are a lot of studies that have been compiled in Mr. Brodeur's books and in numerous other books um, that show all the tests that reveal the negative non-thermal effects of electromagnetic radiation. Um, I would recommend Paul Brodeur's books to start with. Uh, you can, you can, you can find, you can, um, yeah, I would recommend his first two books on the subject. Um, the zapping of America and currents of death. They, you can find them on Amazon pretty cheaply. Um, they, they do a good job, um, uh, compiling a lot of the studies that show that even non-ionizing radiation has very troubling non-thermal effects. Um, if you want a more recent book, there's a book by a Russian scientist. Uh, his name's Vladimir Binhi, uh, B-I-N-H-I. And oddly enough, it's a small book. I own it, uh, but it it sells for like a hundred dollars. Um, wow. Uh, it, it 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 lists a lot of the studies. Um, I'm I'm putting up on the internet a compilation. I actually have it almost complete because I'm working on a class action lawsuit uh, because these crimes are are these I mean these are crimes that are carried out against targeted individuals. Um, they're they're crimes that are shrouded in a lot of secrecy. Um, and I'm putting up uh, online about 400 studies, uh, you know, peer-reviewed mainstream scientific studies that show the various negative health effects of electromagnetic radiation. Um, are, are you uh, following me on Facebook, or do you have my email or anything? I, I would love to take your email. Okay, you can email me at at Spencer at Operation Cassandra dot com. And it's Cassandra C A S S A N D R A dot com. Yes. Okay, thank you. I'll, I, I will be that. making uh, that should be up within probably a week, honestly. Um, Ever since I announced my lawsuit, uh, the the electromagnetic tortures increased drastically. So I've been about 10% as productive. You know, the sleep deprivation is very easy to cause with uh, directed energy weaponry. And uh, it's the oldest torture technique in the book. And it's technology from the 60s that allows them to do this. And uh, they, they've unleashed it on me. So I've been about 10% as productive but I'm still very confident uh, that the lawsuit will be filed by mid-2017. I'm uh, finishing up executive summaries and case outlines. I've talked to many, many attorneys, and we're, we're going to get a, a joint venture together. So unlike past lawsuits, we're going to have strength in numbers so they can't uh, terrorize or intimidate 
someone, and now I'm getting feedback. But anyways, um, I hope you can hear me still. I can, and I'm very Great. interested. Thank you. All right. Um, let's see. I, I'm i looking for um, questions now uh, or any topics anyone in the chat room is interested in discussing. Yeah, thank you. Spencer, yeah. hi. This is Melinda Fee from Sherman Oaks. You mentioned, hi. I think, hi, um, that you had two adrenal tumors. You have adrenal tumors? Yes, I have an adrenal tumor. It's a common biomarker from electromagnetic uh, assaults. Yeah, me too. I've got one on each adrenal gland. They're small. And um, in, within one year, I didn't go this year. I went last two years. They haven't grown or anything. Have, have yours changed? Uh, I'm not sure. I've had it confirmed by a CAT scan and a sonogram. And interestingly enough, this is why I love Paul Bradour so much. Uh, in his book, Currents of Death, he, he cites an Air Force study. It's like some 8,000-page study, or a very long study. But regardless, inside of this study is buried a specific experiment that shows the results of tests of electromagnetic radiation on Air Force personnel. And these studies revealed that adrenal tumors are an extremely common side effect of uh, electromagnetic radiation exposure. So uh, it's important for us to start making note of these uh, biomarkers. Uh, If you want to take a blood sample and store it in your freezer, uh, that's a good idea. Our our case won't rest on that entirely because, you know... Well, I got my information from a CAT scan also, uh, no mention from b- blood tests. I mean, uh, she did want to, the endocrinologist wanted to do, uh, there's a hormone, uh, I don't know whether it's ACTH, one of them, or uh, no, another one, begins with an A that she wanted to test. And I didn't want to go this year because I'm just so doctored out, you know. Right. But I will follow up with that uh, probably within a few months. And maybe another CAT scan, but did the sonogram? Uh, they're they, they're safer, I think, than CAT scans. Um, Abs- absolutely, uh, CAT scan gives you more radiation than like uh, at least twenty X-rays, I believe, if not more. So uh, I'd go with MRIs or sonograms uh, because there's there's too much radiation for CAT scans. I mean, it's a common medical procedure, but you don't want to have many of those. So an no, MRI I had three can do just. Yeah, an MRI can do just as good of a job. Um, I mean, this this system is is currently the perfect crime because because you know the technocrats in the the psychological industry are not allowed to consider even the possibility that these symptoms could be caused by electromagnetic weapons, which is ridiculous. They have theoretical response mechanisms to chemical warfare attacks, to biological warfare attacks, to nuclear warfare attacks. An electromagnetic attack is no more difficult 
and in many cases easier to carry out than the other types of exotic weapons I just mentioned. And they don't even have theoretical response strategies in place. So that's a well, huge red flag. And the yeah, red flag he... is there because it's it's a cover up. It's a massive cover up. And um mm-hmm. they don't they they don't want it in the public consciousness that these weapons can exist because they're very simple weapons. I mean, they've advanced over the years, and they've been incorporated into complex schemes, but the fact of the matter is that it's really uh, absurd that the medical industry and the law enforcement industry is forbidden from responding to these types of attacks. I mean, they make examples out of people like Dr. John Hall or Dr. Dan Lebowitz, who want to help out targeted individuals. So when one out of a million want to step forward and do the right thing, they get their lives ruined. So the other doctors see, oh, man, uh, I shouldn't protest this tyranny because I'll have my life ruined. And that's how this, that's how this atrocity survives. And it's just common sense, really. But we're told, you know, common sense should be outsourced to psychiatrists or law enforcement or other bureaucrats or technocrats. So well, I don't know about psychiatrists. That's the heart of the matter. <laughs> yeah. um, Psychi- psychiatrists okay, well, have a checkbox. You know? <laughs> they aren't allowed to veer from the checkbox. You can, you can present them with all the evidence you want. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a sad situation. Uh, the only way we're going to overcome this is by raising massive public awareness because this technology, as statistics from the former FFCHS has shown, uh, is victimizing more and more people each year. So while your neighbors and relatives sit back while their friends and family members are tortured to death because they're scared or because they're ignorant or because it's too overwhelming for them, you know they're going to be next. This is this yeah. is a coup d'état, and people are astounded that this could happen in America. But it's the nature of humans. Our constitution survived for 90 years only before the Civil War broke out. Then it survived another hundred years before Eisenhower warned us: watch out for the military-industrial complex. He wasn't warning foreign nations or terrorists to watch out for the military-industrial complex. He was warning people of our country to watch out for the military-industrial complex of our own country. And it's not that everyone in the government's bad. I, I love America more than anyone on this planet, I think. But it just takes a corrupt few at the top, just a small percentage, which still amounts to hundreds of thousands of people, to become corrupted and to carry out these complicated subjugation schemes and hide their technology and wicked tactics behind classification procedures that are being exploited. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, as I said, I'm going to follow through uh, with uh, some more tests later on this year, and but we should uh, stay in touch and I'll follow you in your class action and if I can be of any help, uh, I certainly will. Any for, for corroboration or anything. I, I have All right. no, uh, Thank you no very proof much. of anything. You're, you're welcome. Thank you.
All right. Uh, does anyone else? Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Northwest California, are you there? Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I wasn't ready for you to unmute me, but um, I'm here, so I'll ask my question. I think you guys might have answered it as you continued to talk. I wanted to know how, what was your, what was your first clue um, about the adrenal tumors? I mean, what would signal you to that? I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it's going to be a common thing that a lot of people are going to have. Does it, do you feel sick? Do you feel a lump? You know, what should we look for? Um, you know, I, I, I knew that from day one, I pretty much knew what was happening. I, I was being attacked with gang stalking or intimidated with gang stalking. I, it looked like this rogue CIA group that was driving me into isolation and driving me away from my career. Uh, they were breaking into my hotel rooms they were breaking into my home they were drugging me they were moving around my things to psychologically terrorize me and then i got hit with this you know these painful waves these electromagnetic sensations that were just felt like they were directed at me and like most people i i wasn't familiar with cointelpro or zetsung or electromagnetic weapons so um I, I didn't know what was happening at first, uh, but, you know, I researched it, and it's all out there. It's, it's in the Freedom of Information releases. The government has made statements about their intentions to get, engage in this activity, their intentions to develop these weapons, past usage of these weapons on unwitting citizens, the scientific studies by peer-reviewed, um, you know, mainstream scientists, by military branches have shown that these weapons cause these symptoms. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I got a scan. Um, uh, you know, one, one thing they use is biological weapons. Uh, they, they use any covert weapon available. They'll use chemical weapons. They'll use electromagnetic weapons. They'll use psychological warfare, and they'll use biological warfare. Uh, they, they do it on a widespread basis. This is a high-volume system because they're looking to subvert and corrupt and enslave as many people as possible. So what led me to get the CAT scans initially was uh, what they call salting. Uh, You know, they corrupt felons working as servers or busboys in many of our restaurants. And And some of them are illegal immigrants. Some of them are felons. They aren't going to the police. So when they get attacked by electromagnetic weaponry, they agree to do the bidding of the perpetrators. And one of the schemes adopted by the perpetrators is a very old tactic that dates back to Asia hundreds of years ago, where they realized that parasite eggs resemble grains of salt and they can survive in the environment for months at a time. So they, they do a tactic called salting. To the, to the victims they're looking to destroy and enslave like targeted individuals. So they, they would, you know, some corrupt busboy or server at one of the restaurants I visited would, would poison my food with parasite eggs. And, you know, it, it was visible in my stools. 
the pictures that I showed to my doctors made him realize that these are parasites. And that's what led me to get the initial scans. And wow. um, the the scans picked up the adrenal tumor. So, you know, there, there's there's a million ways to Sunday that these criminal elements within the deep state can torture people. You know, this is a coup d'etat of sorts. It's, it's a way of establishing a plutocracy and undermining democracy. It's what our forefathers, our founding fathers, uh, any sensible person from Thomas Jefferson 200 years ago to the Athenian philosophers 2,000 years ago warned us about. This is what uh, democracy turns into if there is a lack of accountability. And we have a lot of good checks and balances, but we don't have the systems in place to account for electromagnetic weapons and other stealth weapons such as non-lethal chemical and biological weapons. So the perpetrators who formed a clique, a cabal, you know, a, a secret society of sorts within the deep state can carry out these targeted assaults on a widespread basis. And the bureaucrats and the technocrats who are either scared or ignorant have no choice but to ignore you until we raise enough awareness to make people recognize that these crimes are real. They've been studied and carried out since the 50s or the 60s. And that, guess what? If you don't stand up for them now, they're going to happen to you and you're going to be weaker down the road. I see. Wow. Wow. There was something on the news not long ago. It was about a couple months ago. They showed this guy that um, it, it, it made the national news. They showed him on a video camera. He had gone by and he sprinkled, this made, what you said made me think of this, he was sprinkling something on the open, um, the open food counters in a Raley store in Lake Tahoe. I don't know where you're at, but I'm in California. But they, um, they showed him on the camera. They showed him go by. He picks, this, uh, he picks something up out of his pocket and then he puts his hand over, you know, the the open food that, you know, you dish up, you know, when you're like at a, at a grocery store from the deli section. And he sprinkles it, and that's what everybody said. They said, it looked like salt. So what do you want to bet? It was something like that. But, I mean, in that case, he'd be targeting anybody who came in and, and ate the food. But, um, yeah, so I don't know well, what that was Well, you know, about. possibly, you know, in, in the 1960s, and this is a quote from Ben Rich, who was the Lockheed Skunk Works lead, you know, the guy who, who developed the stealth bomber. He says in the 1960s, the military industrial complex could track a baseball 5,000 miles away. Wow. They can track humans. They can track us wherever we are. You know, even if you don't believe in remote neural monitoring, which is civilian technology, there's, uh, there's a company called Emotive that will uh, sell you a, a small little EEG device that can read your thoughts, that can map your brain, that can do all sorts of stuff, that's gonna, that can allow you to control electronic devices with your brain waves. This is for sale to the civilians. And military technology is 50 years beyond that. They've, they've learned how to do it remotely. 
So, you know, if possibly if they knew that a target was going to be there, uh, one of the people they've tortured in submission to do gang stalking on their behalf, you know, they're 10% of the population has criminal, uh, has, has served time in prison. You think it's hard for us to get jobs? You know, imagine how hard it is for you to get a job if you just got out of prison. You know That's what? great. Yeah. You, you, you know what happens to those people? They get tortured by this electromagnetic weaponry until they agree to do just heinous, disgusting deeds on on behalf of these criminals and the deep state and the power elite, such as salting food. So if they were desperate to get someone poisoned and, you know, they didn't care about collateral damage because, you know, the people who were poisoned by the parasite eggs or, or whatever he was sprinkling on the food, um, they, you know, as long as they got the target, they would have been happy with it. Uh, so, you know, these tactics have been admitted to this, this train of thought has been admitted to by the deep state for, for in FOIA documents since the fifties and sixties. The problem is they have technocrats in the, in the psychiatry industry who aren't allowed to use common sense. These people, they spent 10 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their degree and they come out of it and they realize they're puppets for the deep state. If if they veer from any of the uh, you know rigid guidelines handed down from just a corrupt few at the top, you know I'm not saying every psychiatrist is corrupt, but every psychiatrist has to follow these rigid guidelines, and it's a recipe for exploitation. It's a recipe for subversion of democracy. And just as Dwight Eisenhower warned us a few decades ago, beware of the military-industrial complex, our own military-industrial complex. This is the outcome. And the only thing that's going to solve it is massive public awareness. And people will care because they can and they will be targeted next. So um, thank you for your call. I um have Thank some. Uh, I have another caller in the queue. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vermont, you are next in the queue. Let me unmute you. Hi, Vermont. Do you have a question? Oh yes. Um, thank you. You know, I have a question about uh, your uh, adrenal tumor. I um, and to answer Don's question, I had a gallbladder issue, and they did a CAT scan. And um, they found a lesion both on my liver and my adrenal gland. They called it a lesion, though, not a tumor. But they won't go in and look at it because um, it's smaller than, like, two centimeters. It's, like, 1.1 and 1.2 centimeters, each lesion. In your case, did they actually go in and identify it as a tumor? or And, and what was the size? Do you mind if I ask? I'm just curious. Um, I, I don't know what the size is, uh, but Mm -hmm. the existence of it was confirmed by a CAT scan and a sonogram and Paul Brodeur in his book, Currents of Death referenced an Air Force study from 1977. And I'd recommend everyone to get Paul Brodeur's books, at least Currents of Death and the Zapping of America, because he compiles an excellent source of 
scientific studies on on these uh, on the effects of electromagnetic weapons. Um, and um, the fact that you have an adrenal tumor or a lesion or edema or whatever they want to call it is mm-hmm. um, a very telling sign that you've been subjected to electromagnetic weapons. And there's a lot of other biomarkers, you know, as Paul mentioned on the interview, uh, chromosomal changes, high triglycerides. There, there are a lot of biomarkers. Uh, I think Magnus Olson uh, put his blood sample on uh, Facebook uh, a while back showing uh, that the changes, either temporary or permanent, to your DNA that result from uh, assaults with electromagnetic radiation. So um, it's, um, it's, it's important to gather those, you know. Uh, it, some of them can be attributed to the causes, but, um, you know, it's, it's just one more piece of evidence that we, um, you know, we're telling the truth. You know, we're all telling the truth. We know we're telling the truth, and I think anyone with common sense knows we're telling the truth. I made the analogy on a, a Facebook post recently where I said if a, a group of thugs wearing white robes beats you up, you, any, co- any person with common sense knows that was probably the KKK. Any judge, any jury, any honest person of integrity realizes that's the KKK. Even if you didn't rip the hood off the thugs and identify them, it's Klansmen. It's just common sense because that's the only group that does that type of thing. That's the only group that carries out those crimes in that type of way. The only group that has the capability to do these crimes to us, the only group that's admitted to it in freedom of information documents, the only group that whistleblowers have implicated, the only group that credentialed witnesses from doctors to NSA veterans to military veterans have implicated in this, the only group that carries out such schemes in such clever, deceptive manners is criminal elements within the military-industrial complex. And in any jury on the planet is going to believe us. The fact of the matter is we're all being bombarded by this stuff. They're trying to discredit us all. They're trying to delegitimize us all. So that's what we have to overcome. We have to just you know, tough it out and go forward with these class action lawsuits because we have the truth on our side and we're going to win them no matter what, as long as we can stay strong and get them filed. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. That I also have tri- high triglycerides, but I'm trying to get my doctor um, to uh, do additional testing and she won't because it's, she said it doesn't admit, uh, it. it it doesn't meet the size criteria, but not only that, the hospital, I had had a CAT scan a couple of years earlier and the lesions were there, but they didn't notify me. So um, I, I'm quite upset about that. The only reason they told me is because I asked for additional testing once I had my gallbladder out and they found, found those lesions. Um, then they went back and looked at the old CAT scan and they said, well, the lesions were there in the old CAT scan, so they're not, they're not going to go in and look any further. Um, but anyway, I, I just, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get my doctor to work with me to look at some of these things, but I'm not, not having any luck. Um, so I, I was just curious if, like with your sonogram, did your, did your doctor recommend 
and refer you to get that after seeing the tumor on your adrenal gland? Uh, no, I, I got those in response to the biological warfare they used me. Uh, they used on me. The, the, they call it salting, quote unquote salting. That's that's the tactic, or, or that's the term they apply to this age-old organized crime tactic of poisoning the target's food with parasite eggs. So they 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 were doing that as part of the gang stalking to keep me isolated and sick and weak so you know they could you know do whatever they could calibrate my thoughts and keep me in an isolated location and make the electromagnetic uh entrainment and torture more effective or just to keep me from having the energy to engage in activism so that's why i got the sonograms and cat scans initially and did you pay for that yourself, or did your insurance pay for that? Um, uh, I I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, it, it's expensive. Okay. All right. I, I just I'm curious. Thank you. I'm trying to I'm just trying to figure out how to get additional testing. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you for uh, the questions, and I'm sorry you're suffering as well. Yeah. Thank you. Does anyone else have any questions? Hi, Linda. How's it going? Hi, Spencer. Pretty good. How are you doing? You sure I'm have a handle. In there. Yeah, you sure have a handle on on a lot, and and your information is is really comprehensive. And thank you for that. Um, about I don't know if you want to talk about the class action lawsuit now. Are you going to present specifics, and if somebody wants to join, how do they do it, and all of that? How's that going to go? Because I think it sounds like a good idea. And who are you going to sue? <laughs> Is that for nine questions? <clears throat> well, um, I urge everybody um, to check out freedomsos.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to have something going by mid-2017. Um, I, I talk pretty much, I talk strategy with my attorney every day almost. And, you know, the strategy we realize that's going to be necessary for this to be successful is to get a joint venture of litigators. And um, so I talked to a lot of litigation powerhouses. Uh, I've spoken, I don't know how many. And um, a lot have expressed interest, uh, but it's a complex matter, and I want them to work on contingency because a lot of targeted individuals, you know, are, you know aren't very financially well off. You know, I've, I've right. spent all my, I've spent, well, I've, I've spent a lot of my savings um, engaging in activism and just dealing with medical bills and all sorts of stuff they do just to torture us and drive us into slavery almost. Right. So um, right now, my while I'm you know hashing out plans and trying to get joint ventures ventures going with litigation powerhouses, I'm putting together an executive summary 
that outlines in a very, you know, cogent and understandable fashion the crimes being carried out against us. And I'm a, I'm about uh, nine pages in, so I've got about a nine-page document, and I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be a, about 20 pages, and it, it's going to present a rock-solid case. And so uh, that's what a lot of the litigation firms have asked for, and uh, I'm pretty confident that that's going to make the difference. Um, the yes. The electromagnetic torture has increased a lot on me. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't sleep much, uh, and I get, I get this. I mean, it's straight out of Colin Ross's book, uh, The CIA Doctors. All the the tactics they use on me: uh, psychic driving, neurolinguistic programming, uh, and you know, of course, they can do synthetic dreams, synthetic thoughts. Uh, trauma-based torture, just intense pain for hours on end. So um, I, I'm looking to get some uh, detection in place to kind of deter that while I'm working on this. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm still really confident in the uh, the goal I've set for mid-2017. I mean, we've got a rock-solid case, and the fact that they've really amped up the torture on me, that just mm-hmm. confirms that... Um, I'm moving in the right direction. Uh, Absolutely. I don't. I. I don't think they would have uh, gone to these extra lengths to mm-hmm. um, to kind of try to. I mean, they're doing everything they can to just sabotage me. Uh, and I don't know why they do that unless I was on the right track. And exactly. you know that's that's not the reason I'm pursuing this track. The reason I'm pursuing this track is because of the strategy. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's the glaring weakness. These, these thugs, these, these traitors that are carrying out these crimes on a widespread basis to undermine democracy and to advance their, their power, their greed, their self-interest, their pleasure, their sadistic desires, their lust for money. Um, they're doing this you know, for selfish criminal interest, and they know that they're doing it for criminal interest. These experiments transformed into crimes a long time ago, and they will do everything they can to keep these crimes hidden. Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a quote, a very famous quote by um, Joseph Pulitzer um, that I, I, like to, uh, I like to relate to people. It goes, There is not a crime, there is not a dodge, there is not a trick, there is not a swindle, there is not a vice which does not live by secrecy. And that's what's going on right now. So that's their gaping weakness. That's their Achilles heel. Once massive public awareness is raised about this, once people realize this can and will happen to them next, because SFCHS, survey statistics shown these crimes have ballooned since 9-11. The, the rates have gone up exponentially. Why? Because budgets have ballooned in the deep state and oversight has all but disappeared. So this is a coup d'etat of sorts. It's a silent, quiet, slow coup d'etat and they're hurting everyone into 
basically slavery and it it's uh the antithesis of democracy it's 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 the pinnacle of immorality and the we have the majority behind us they just don't know it yet because these crimes are surviving by secrecy they're hiding behind the exploitation of classification laws and you know smoke screens thrown up by propaganda and disinformation and misdirection and once we overcome that and there's many ways to do that from handing out flyers door to door to organizing conferences to getting lawsuits you know just filing the lawsuit in and of itself and i bet hundreds or thousands most likely of plaintiffs will get on board that yes. will raise enough awareness to make these yes. perpetrators think twice about continuing and expanding their heinous subjugation schemes smoke and mirrors does it's smoke and mirrors they can, when i was involved in a in a lawsuit it was a lot of smoke and mirrors going on but the bottom line is the truth did did turn out to be the heaviest aspect of it you know it, the, the smoke and mirrors did crumble, and I think these smoke. And, I think you're absolutely right. They get faced with the truth. They get faced with a powerful, ex, powerfully being exposed, and they're going to want. They're going to notice. They're going to set up a notice. And I, I think you're right. I think you're right, Spencer. You know, good you for know, you. And yeah. Thank you very much. And that's yeah. another thing I love about Paul Brodeur, our guest tonight. Mm-hmm. He gives us such great historical perspective. He he was, you know, we talked about his work in exposing the harms of electromagnetic radiation. Before that, he's the original journalist that blew the lid off the dangers of asbestos. And if you look at all the uphill battles he went through, if you look at all the challenges he faced in exposing asbestos and uh, just uh, getting so much resistance from industry and government and corrupt doctors and corrupt uh, bureaucrats. It's astounding. And it, and it went on for years and they called him crazy. And they said, everyone knows that you'd get asbestos from digging in your garden. Everyone knows that this isn't going to work. But you know what? At, at the end of the day, uh, the truth came out. And the, it's the same song and dance that all whistleblowers go through. When people said tobacco wasn't healthy for you in the 50s, doctors, 99% of doctors would have laughed at you. They would have said cigarettes are good for you. And mm-hmm. and the same and was true for the yeah, and, and the same was true for the civil rights movement. So mm-hmm. we can't be discouraged, you know. This is a terrible thing that's happening to us. You know, a, a new technology is being exploited to carry out the greedy self-interest and the, the the wicked traits that infect humans when they're corrupted by power since the beginning of time. And that's what's happening here. And we can't be discouraged because it's the same song and dance that all whistleblowers go through. The Madoff whistleblowers. Just recently, you know, they said, Madoff, he's running the biggest hedge fund Ponzi scheme in the world. And Everyone in society laughed at him, from the smartest people on Wall Street to government officials to their neighbors. They said, everyone knows Bernie Madoff is the best hedge fund guy in town. And guess what? After years, the whistleblowers were finally proven right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure the same thing happened with Ponzi himself. 
Charles Ponzi or whatever his name was back in the twins, the twenties who uh, invented the Ponzi scheme. You know, I'm sure everyone in, in his neighborhood said he's the best investor around until they were proven wrong. So, you know, people don't get discouraged because, you know, right now the majority is following the herd mentality. Uh, That's just human nature. They laughed at Galileo when he said the earth orbited the sun. It's just human nature. You know, don't get frustrated. We've got the truth on our side. We've got God on our side. We've got justice on our side. And once the majority realizes this, once they realize that this could happen to them next and it likely will happen to them next, we will prevail. So, so hang in there. We're all in this concentration camp together. We're all in this invisible gulag together. And it's, it's just, uh, it's made possible by new technology that hadn't reached the public consciousness yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to, I'm going to say again, I think the fact that insurance companies are saying, uh, uh-uh, we're not covering that is huge for us. You know, I mean, it says it's too dangerous and they did follow a doctor's um, investigation into it. And I think that's huge. I mean, I don't think anything could scream louder that there's danger there. You know? Yeah, you make a good point about Lloyd's. I mean, that's yeah. huge. That, that that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just huge when it comes. I mean, Lloyd's of London will insure. Well, they insured Betty Grable's legs. You know, they'll insure just about anything, but they will not insure anything that damages from um, electromagnetic frequencies and everything that comes under that. They won't do it. Yeah, they won't cover any damages at all that are incurred due to, um, uh, you know, when a company um, produces, manufactures a device that emits electromagnetic frequencies. I think that's brilliant for our, for our side, you know. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um yeah. Well, thank you, Linda. I appreciate yeah. the uh, kind words. Well, thank you. You're very much. All right. Um, Michigan is next in the queue. Hi, Michigan. How's it going? Okay. Well, we're mo- we'll uh, head to Oregon next. Oregon, you're on the line. Hi, Spencer. It's me. Ella, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Yeah, I know you were trying to mute Ella Free, but that's you. Yes, I took over. I remember that. So, uh, <laughs> welcome back. Thanks. How did it go? I was. Is he still on the line? Uh, no, he's been off. Uh, he. Uh, the dis- we had the interview for about an hour. Then he took about uh, 15 minutes of questions, and uh, it went well. I think uh, it was a good podcast, and uh, it's now it's just me taking uh, questions from um, all the listeners, pretty much. Nice. How'd your dinner go? It was good. It was really nice. Um, yeah. Um, we were celebrating our anniversary with the kids that we adopted our kids seven years ago. So it was a really nice thing. Oh, nice. wow. Cool. Yeah, seven years. I laughed. Yeah, that was nice. Um, 
you know, I got it, um, your intro. That was amazing. Your introduction and it's really, really well done. You know your Paul, that's for sure. Well, thank you for that feedback. Yeah. That uh, means a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, should I move on to some more questions? Sure, you can leave me open if you want, and then go to yeah, sure. definitely. All right. Well, next on the list is Northwest California. Northwest California. Hi, Spencer. It's Roseanne. Um, just wanted to thank you for all your efforts. And now that Ella's on the call, I'd like to thank her as well. Um, and just to say, hang in there. And uh, I think you're right. Um, they really step it up when you try to do things. And in my own life, I can kind of judge what they're afraid of <laughs> by their reaction to what I do. And, um, you know, that's definitely a clue that persists. And uh, I really do think that uh, a great big fat class action lawsuit, which is really public, uh, if possible, is the thing that they're probably most afraid of. And, um, you know, how is it going? Does it look encouraging? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I've kind of set, given myself a six-month uh, time frame just because yeah. uh, I'm I'm about 10% as productive when I'm being tortured with electromagnetic weapons as I am normally. <laughs> so, I know the problem. Um, but, you know, I've, I've talked to countless firms, and I talk to my personal attorney every day, and we've got a good strategy. And... Um, I don't see how I could lose, you know, honestly, because there, there's yeah. there's so much evidence in every category. We've got, you know, we've got the victims. You know, there's thousands of us. That's eyewitness testimony. You know, uh, we're all experiencing the same tactics, the same symptoms that scientific studies show are proven by or are caused by electromagnetic weapons. You know, we've got hundreds of scientific studies that show electromagnetic radiation cause these symptoms. We've got, you right. know, glaring red flags. Well, why why don't doctors or psychiatrists acknowledge these studies that say that, you know, these symptoms can be caused by electromagnetic devices? You know, not only do they tell the victims it's not happening to them, their policy is that, you know, it couldn't even possibly happen to you. That's insanity. Right. That, that's a huge red flag. What are you hiding? Why are you afraid to acknowledge that this could even theoretically happen to someone? It's because there's a huge cover-up, because this is the cash cow of some greedy thugs at the top of the deep state and the power elite, and they think they're the sneakiest little scumbags on the planet. They can torture anyone with this weaponry, and they can make them, they can call them insane. They say, I'm going to torture you with this weaponry that's been developed since at least the 60s, and you know what? No one's going to believe you. They think they have the perfect crime as long as they're sneaky about it. Uh, well, that's changing. Uh, it's not the 1960s anymore. People are getting smarter. 
So, um, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm extremely confident, to tell you the truth. Oh, that sounds great. I mean, you know, I really, um, I, I agree with every, with everything you're saying. I'm also in contact with Karen Stewart and Catherine Horton and, and um, you know, just so many fine people who are so strong in spite of what they're going through. And, you know, it's gotten to the point, um, you probably saw the letter that Ramola D. put out uh, to Trump. Um, if you haven't, look it up because the uh, credentials of the people that signed it tell the story, really. I mean, it's been signed by so many high-level, credible people who are in military or science or journalism um you know, this is really just a takedown of, of the, the top, so to speak. And, um, it, you know, I, <laughs> I've been uh, tweeting that letter to uh, President Trump every night. And I swear they're afraid. I, I, I think the perpetrators are really afraid of that because it got to the point that whenever I got online, I would definitely, immediately go to sleep. Like, you know, lights out. So, well, um, that's, that's great. I love that you're uh, tweeting people. That's, that's what I do every day, you know, just get the word out. You know, if everyone listening to this call would send out 10 emails and 10 tweets a day, that's, you know, hundreds or thousands of tweets. And it it only take you a couple minutes. And if we all did it, you know, they would, they'd be forced to start paying attention to us. Um, because right now it's just ridiculous. How, how can they ignore all these military veterans, incredible people that have signed these letters? You know, not only are they, are they saying that this isn't happening, they're saying it couldn't even happen. You know why they're saying that? Because they don't want the reality of these weapons to enter the public consciousness. They don't want the public to even be aware that they exist. You know, they have contingency plans for chemical weapon attacks. They have contingency plans for biological weapon attacks. They have contingency plans for nuclear weapon attacks. Do they have contingency plans for electromagnetic weapon attacks against humans? No. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. They're a lot more easy to build. They're a lot easier to build than those other exotic weapons I've mentioned. So why? Well, why do, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so much easier to build. Than the, you know, we're really into deep state thuggery. I mean, we're dealing with organized crime. And... It, uh, you know, I, I do a lot online. I've written a book about this. I have a blog. And I'm always online sharing this with my community and the world, you know, because, um, you know, they're, they're torturing me and probably killing me. So what the hell do I have to lose? I mean, really, I'm not going to just sit here and take it. And, um, you know, then it gets around to threatening all my friends, threatening all my family, 
threatening the animals in my life. I mean, these people are ugly. And I'm not saying that they're following through on the threats. You know, like most of the time, they're just content to keep me uncomfortable and asleep right now. It's like, you know, just keep her unconscious. (laughs) She can't do anything if she's unconscious. But, um, you know, it's just these constant threats and, you know, it's it's like this is I I'm sure they don't want to give this up. Oh, we finally did it. We can control mankind, and nobody can see you doing it. You know, and we can take people who don't agree with us and put them in mental institutions and send them to hospitals and completely destroy their life. And. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're delighted with their progress, you know. But, um, you know, we're really fighting for the future of mankind here. This is uh, way beyond what they can do to me or my family and friends. Did people not understand, the, the <laughs> you know, what we're talking about here? Remotely controlling human beings, hello? (laughs) Maybe it's worth like 10 minutes to look it up. (laughs) Anyways, I just wanted to thank you for your efforts. You're, you know, you're one of the strong ones and, um, you know, you're just really intelligent and motivated. And uh, I have to say that one of my only consolations of being in this program is to find people I've met along the way, and so many GIs are in that category. So, uh, you know, keep going. I'm with you 100%. Um, you know, whatever I can do. Well, thank you so much for the uh, kind words. Um, you're right. It's It's straight out of the Soviet Union playbook, uh, and they're exploiting the good nature of Americans to undermine them. It's, it, it couldn't be more of a heinous strategy. So um, we've just got to keep our principles and uh, start, keep pursuing legal and peaceful strategies to raise awareness, and we can't be afraid to take clever and fresh and bold approaches. Right, uh, absolutely, and and stay with the high ground, you know. Um, don't become a monster because you're fighting monsters, you know. I think a lot of times they're trying to, these are good people, most TIs, and they're, part of this is trying to turn them into bad people. You know, they, they're just... Um, you know, they want everybody fighting each other. They want to, you know, just separating everybody, um, learning how to separate families and love interests, and um, they want everybody fighting. You know, in my life, that's just been um, an ongoing um, little exercise because I'm trying to live with other TIs. You know, so you you can see what the manipulation is and, and and what they're trying to achieve is definitely anger on cue, fighting, uh, you know, 
just uh, never getting along, and you can see that in the in the Chi community too. And and you just really have to recognize the manipulation and make up your mind that you know that's not going to happen. You know, it's just not going to happen. That um, you're not going to think everybody's a perp, and you're not going to disagree and throw the whole project out. You know, there's just, I I see people struggling because they're um, compromised with the technology to try to get together and do something about it. And um, so I I just really hope we can all hang in there and, and get this done. I really want to see this done. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if this doesn't work, I've had this idea. It, was, it wasn't actually my idea, but it came out a, a few years ago. That if you get a thousand people to complain to an agency which is supposed to be protecting the population, and they're all saying the same damn thing, and the agency does nothing, then I think you can sue them for negligence. And you don't even have to prove you know, the technology or anything. You just have to prove that 1,000 people all said the same thing and there was not an investigation. That's all. You know, because that's negligent. And, uh, you know, just something else to consider. Anyways, I'll give the floor to someone else. (laughs) I'll probably be asleep in 10 minutes. (laughs) So take care, everyone. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we we can't lose sight of the big picture. There's a system in place which can track humans, track where we are. And there, there's redundant systems that can do this. Uh, another good book I would recommend is a recent book put out by William Arkin, who's a former Washington Post reporter, as mainstream as it gets. Uh, he wrote Top Secret America with another Washington Post reporter, Dana Priest. And uh, in his recent book, Unmanned, he talks about the incredible technologies that can track humans wherever they are, that can identify humans wherever they are, namely multi-spectral imaging and especially hyperspectral imaging. They can, they can identify you by your blood vein structure with a real-time wide frame hyperspectral speed or hyperspectral feed at the speed of light from a satellite and you know there's what like 14,000 satellites up there they say a lot of them are decommissioned but still like thousands and thousands uh it's it's a fact that's hidden from the public and you know that's that's just a, a small portion of it you know they can fit lasers into devices that are sizes of the grains of salt. They can they can put phased arrays phased array chips. Uh, not I'm sorry, I'm chewing gum. Uh, and the size of grains of rice. And uh, those can you know, a phased array laser is what 
creates the directed energy beam. And th those can be hidden, I mean, in what General Petraeus, even the former CIA director, implies, your, your home appliances, uh, an unwitting neighbor's attic, um, your cars, your, the electric grid, the, um, the cellular grid. Just, it, it, the possibilities are endless. The technological knowledge gap between the general public and scientists in the deep state is frightening and guess what they're exploiting it it's just a sad fact of human nature so we've got to raise awareness and uh, next on the list is central michigan hi central michigan are you there Hello, is anyone still on? All right. Um, we had a few um, questions waiting. Uh, let's go to Southeast Arizona. Hi. 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 Um, thank you for being on the call. Um, like recently, I've been. Well, I called um, New York, where one of the locations of the Guardian is, just you know to kind of you know, bring up the topic of organized stalking. Um, I don't even try to go to energy weapons because they'd probably hang up on me. But I think, you know, if we could get a break like that, I said, you know, please look into it. Please would you uh, research it? Because a lot of these people say, oh, we're fearless. We're known for fearlessness. So, I'll, you know, I text The Intercept. I text Glenn Greenwald and I called, uh, like I said, The Guardian, and I can't even get one of these people to acknowledge me as a human. If we could get a big story like that, your your case is a done deal, I think. You know, if, if we could get a break, you're, to me, a guaranteed win. Um, I still think it's going to be pretty tough until somebody leaks this story. Um, I, I do what I can. I, there's not much I can do, 
But uh, I tell you, the response I get is pretty poor because I consider The Guardian more of a progressive uh, newspaper and type. And uh, the guy that I got was just as close-minded as he could possibly be. And I don't know what else to do. You know, you're right. Um, It's discouraging, but if we take historical perspective, we can gain a lot of comfort. Uh, Paul Brodeur talks about this, and a lot of other writers talk about this, and they aren't paraded about on mainstream television. Uh, But the tobacco whistleblowers, because every doctor would have told you, you know, tobacco is good for you. And if you would have called up a doctor in the 1950s and said tobacco's causing cancer, 99% of them would have laughed at you. You know, the same thing went for asbestos, the civil rights movement, you know, any atrocity in not just our country and other countries, you know, the, the, the slaughter of millions in Nazi Germany, the slaughter of millions under the Soviet gulag system, the slaughter of millions in the red Chinese takeover, which is still continuing today by some accounts. That's why they censor all their media and their internet. Um, you know, it's, it's a timeless trait of mankind and it's, it's really sad, but it's what happens when people are corrupted by power. So yeah. we've got to remember yeah, that that this is the same song and dance that all whistleblowers go through. And any mainstream outlet is going to be intimidated or scared because they, these, these thugs in the deep state, uh, this, this criminal cabal of basically domestic terrorists that are just, you know, doing what Dwight Eisenhower, our own president, you know, the, the man who conquered Europe, who ended the scourge of Nazism in Europe, who, who ended, you know, the uh, encroachments of imperial Japan on countries like China. This man who came from that world, who was our own president, who had our own interests in mind, he told us, watch out for this military-industrial complex. They're getting out of control. We formed a monster. They're, they're doing devious things behind these classification laws that, that are being used not for national security, but to hide their own crimes, to advance their own power and their greed and their lust. Watch out for these people. Beware the military-industrial complex. The, what so we're when saying you say, is when what you, our president when you says. Refer- to the deep state, you're, you're talking about the military-industrial complex? Is that what you're... When you say the words the deep state, is that what you're referring to? Yes, I would, I would say that they are pretty much interchangeable. Uh, uh-huh, the okay. deep state is pretty much the modern term given to the military-industrial complex because okay. uh, so many new agencies have grown since... Um, that uh, the military-industrial complex term was uh, formed, and so many, and uh, you know, technology has shifted away from an industrial society to a, a technological and financial society. That you know, I, I use the terms pretty much interchangeably. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I because when I was listening, I 
I went to a meeting for an hour, but I heard part of uh, your beginning talk, and then I was gone for an hour, and then I came back, and I, I just I didn't hear enough to uh, connect the two. But I mean, I mean, these are progressive, supposedly news news outlets. But maybe I should try to call democracy now. I mean, Amy Goodman talks about it. I just don't understand why doesn't what she talks about transfer to mainstream media? Why doesn't it cross this invisible barrier? She's talked about it. Uh, I don't well, understand you know, honestly, if you want my honest answer, I think they're scared to death. I think they're corrupted and scared to death. Corrupted um, is definitely true. I mean, there is a, a German reporter uh, named Udo Ufkolte, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. About a year ago, he came out and said the CIA controls all media. And this man, oh. he was the editor of the second largest, I believe, newspaper in Germany. So he, the equivalent of, like, say, the Washington Post in Germany. And at the age of 56, a year after saying the CIA controls all media through threats and covert intimidation, he was found dead. This healthy, well-to-do 56-year-old man who's a, who was a prominent editor in Germany, who has a book coming out on how the CIA corrupts the media, he's found dead at 56, less than a year after he says the CIA controls the media. And I did not that, know that. I've never heard that, and I did not know that. Uh, j- just type in U-D-O-C-I-A. It, okay. It's, it's outrageous. And, I mean, this has been going on since Project Mockingbird. Uh, all th- these stories, and they say Mockingbird ended, but, you know, people who say that are the people who carried out these crimes. So lying to us was the least evil thing they did all day. And I I hate to talk negatively about members of the bureaucracy in my own country because I love America ten times more than anyone else. You know, it's it's my country. I was born here. My, My parents were born here. My grandparents were born here and fought in World War II. And it's just a fact of life that bad apples pop up in all organizations. And, you know, there's bad apples in the deep state. There's bad apples in the military industrial complex. It's, it's not the majority, but it's a minority. And they've figured out clever little schemes to form secret societies and to hide their deeds, their dirty deeds and deception. And this is the result. They're, they're attacking good people by the tens of thousands to create slaves, to extort people, to get sadistic pleasures, to undermine democracy, to build up their power, and to illegally engineer society for their liking. And it's, um, it's just, it's, it's our generation's civil war almost. This is almost a coup d'etat that's silently yeah. and quietly taking place. And you know, we've just got to maintain our principles and 
we can't get discouraged because this is the same song and dance that all whistleblowers go through, whether it's the, the, the tobacco whistleblowers, the asbestos whistleblowers, the civil rights marchers, uh, the the Madoff whistleblowers, and I'm sure it Edward went back Snowden. to the Ponzi. Yes, the Snowden and the NSA, you know, um, excesses. Um, you know, those crimes are nothing compared to the real crimes that they're carrying out, you know? So, yeah. Do you think you know, that I'm, the... Do you think the FBI is just as complicit as the CIA in kind of um, gagging the mainstream media? Or is it just the CIA? No, I think it's just criminal elements within the deep state. You know, I think as a whole... I, you know, I, I'm not going to sing out any organization right now as being the prime mover behind this. I think that it's a minority of members in the deep state. Yeah. And I think, you know, the majority are good, but I think, you know, corrupt people within it are, you know, the ones responsible for this. Um, they got so much power, just so much dang power. Can't believe it. They're just exploiting a knowledge gap and they're exploiting the goodwill and the good nature of the American people to do yeah. what humans have always done. You know, I, our, our, the founding fathers of this country were well aware of the nastiness that could result if people go um, in government or able to operate without accountability or without checks and balances. So that's mm-hmm. why they created our constitution in the, and structured it in the way they did. Um, mm-hmm. And that's being undermined by new technologies. I mean, it's, it's not too hard to understand, you know. Uh, our bodies are made up of, you know, little atoms that ha- all have electrons. And those electrons are very sensitive to electromagnetic radiation. So... You know, they've found a way to engineer electromagnetic radiation to, uh, you know, cleverly and wickedly torture people. It's like, um, you know, what they did with oil or gasoline. You know, if you throw a match on a bucket of gasoline, it's going to blow up. But, you know, engineers found a way to engineer the combustion of gasoline to drive pistons in our automobile to turn a crankshaft, to turn the axles in our car, to power the electronics in it. So now we have these magical horseless carriages that if I would have told you about 200 years ago, you would have called me a madman. But the science was still there, and, you know, they aren't classified. So, you know, we take it for granted now, even though it's only existed for this small little speck of time in the history of humanity. Because, you know, we've engineered this, this force into this clever little uh, uh, expression known, known as an automobile. The same thing has been done with electromagnetic radiation. It's been engineered into this clever fashion. It's been, you know, they formed it into directed energy beams that are invisible, that uh, take advantage of, you know, different modulations and frequencies and power outputs that control 
and manipulate and cause pain in our biological systems that all run on electrical pulses that are all surrounded by electrons that are susceptible to these types of attacks because we didn't evolve being exposed to this type of electromagnetic radiation. You know, uh, as humanity evolved over the centuries, millennia, we weren't exposed to these type of threats. So our bodies are very susceptible to pain and manipulation and tracking and far more sophisticated tactics. And that's what they're exploiting, and they're doing mm-hmm. it for their greedy self-interest. And right. that there's no other way to look at it. The only way to stop it is to keep coming up with clever, fresh, legal, and peaceful approaches to make the public realize, hey, guess what? This is going to happen to you next. To make the people that are scared and ignorant and dumbfounded by this stuff realize, these aren't your friends doing this to you. These mm-hmm. these are technocratic Satanists, and I use that term mm-hmm. metaphorically. I don't believe there's any supernatural, you know, abilities to right. people who right. worship goats. I believe right. that you know it stands for just a total lack of morality, just a total reversion to just savage, selfish, immoral behavior. To you know, use whatever criminal methodology you have at your hands to advance your greedy self-interest. And that's who we're dealing with. And they've come up with very clever schemes over the decades to subjugate and terrorize us. And, you know, what? it's it's time for, you know, us to, you know, start organizing and just start spreading the word. And it's a lot easier said than done, but, you know, a lot of, you, you just got to take historical perspective. I've said it a dozen times tonight. Uh, the tobacco whistleblowers, the asbestos whistleblowers, the civil rights marchers, they all faced the same kind of uphill battle. And for years and decades, they were told, you know, it's not going to win. But guess what? The truth came out in the end, and I am 100% sure that's what will happen to us. So until then, you just got to maintain your strength and your principles, and we'll uh, get through this. Yeah, doesn't it surprise you? Like, it just shocks me when I see the military come out with a new, I mean, I don't know, remember exactly, but with a new $12 billion aircraft carrier called the Gerald F. Ford or something or whatever, and I'm just like, why? Why? When some of you know what the real technology will take out that ship in two seconds. What are you building this for? Why? It's crazy because the technology is going to take out every person on that boat or control them. What, what are they doing? You know, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing in the military. I, I guess I refer to it as shadow government. Um, it's like this powerful group in the shadow, same thing, deep state. But when I see these new expensive ships come out, or even Russia came out with one, surely, of course, Putin knows about this technology. It's like, why are you directing your money there? I would never do that. I would be like trying to counter control these horrible weapons that have been uh, developed by the deep state or the shadow government. It just 
shocks me. I just had to say that. Okay, thank you. All right. Well, we are going to Michigan next. Michigan, can you hear me? Spencer? Hi. Hi. Um, My name is Melinda, and I um, would like your opinion about something. Um, I am going to see Melinda Kidder, um, and Brian, too, suggests that people don't do that. Um, what, What do you suggest? I I've never used her, um, and I, you know I'm not really in the position to comment on her services because of that. What I okay. want to do, though, I can tell you what I want to get set up is hmm. is an in-home detection system, not a one-time scan. You know, which could play a role. You know, I'm not going to comment on our services. I, I haven't used them, so I'm not in that position. But okay. an in-home detection system that can monitor us, you know, 24-7, I think is what's needed. And How? it's because and it, it needs to be capable of a couple things. It needs to measure any abnormal magnetic field levels. It needs to measure any abnormal electromagnetic field levels. And it needs to detect and record any unusual frequencies or modulations of frequencies. So those four things. And that is measurable. And Mr. Brodeur, when he was on, he recommended a site called Microwave News run by a fellow named Lewis Slesson, who's one of the good guys. I admire a lot of his work. Um, I think we as a community need to figure out a way to, you know, get the right system in place to detect abnormal magnetic fields, electromagnetic fields, and frequencies in our homes. Because every every pain sensation, every modulated dream, every synthetic thought, that's all transmitted through, you know, electromagnetic means. And if we can detect and record that, that serves as a bulletproof deterrent to their crimes. So, you know, I don't. I, there were people that have performed these services. Uh, there's a PI out of Florida called Bill Taylor. There's a guy named a paramedic. You know, Bill Taylor was a former Marine guy. Uh, there's a, there's a paramedic out of Sacramento, Jesse Beltran. These people, you know, they they used to do these things. And Ella and I have made valiant efforts to get them on these conference calls, but they won't return calls from TIs anymore. They they they. That, that you know, if we if we call them enough, they might answer once or twice. But if we really bug them, they 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 say they're scared to death. They get break-ins, they get death threats. So so what does that tell you? I mean, even without knowing that they were getting these death threats for uh, trying to help TIs, it tells you. I mean, it, they 
it's apparent that they're on the right track. But the fact that they're getting threatened not to help us, I mean, that's the nail in the coffin. That's the right move to take. And um, so, you know, it's just a matter of hiring the right, you know, scientists. And there's plenty of them out there. But, you know, we need to get organized to do it. And, you know, getting the equipment, you know, it's worth the investment. And I'm sure a lot of it can be resold on eBay for nearly the same price you paid for it. You know, that's, that's not my arena to comment on. But I think that's the solution to deterring these assaults because they're all coming through, you know, electromagnetic or magnetic uh, delivery mechanisms. And uh, once we have monitoring systems in place in our home and, you know, hopefully the government and the medical industry will start, you know, providing these once we're out of the stone ages here and they stop denying, you know, the, that electromagnetic weapons are real, even though the science has said they're real since the, at least the sixties, you know, that's the final solution. So, you know, I, I haven't used Kitter, but in my opinion, that's the solution that I would go for. See, but it sounds like, um, it sounds like that, uh, trying to do what you're speaking of, uh, with, with people getting death threats and, and such, how would I go about getting that type of stuff, you know, in, in my home? I, I need someone to help me with with proof and it it seems like i mean melinda kidder she'll come to you to wherever you live but the, i have i have no evidence besides uh you know pictures and videos of of my perps i have no evidence of what they have done to me over the last 18 years with their i think it's called thermal heating I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have any any proof of that. You have your eyewitness testimony. There's scientific studies that show that these are the weapons, or I mean, these are the symptoms caused by these weapons. So if you were attacked by men in white robes wearing hoods over their heads, you would know it's the KKK, even if you didn't take off their hoods, and even if you didn't see their faces and tie their faces to the KKK. It's the same situation with us. Okay. Yeah, we, we know that criminal elements in the deep state are the only people that can carry out these crimes, the only people that have admitted to carrying out these crimes, and the only men, people that have stated intentions to carry out these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the evidence categories. So, you know, that's evidence. And as far as detection goes, there are a lot of scientists out there, you know, who no radio frequency engineering. They understand magnetism. They understand environmental surveys. Uh, They aren't geared specifically towards the targeted individual market. The people who have geared their services who are legit, who aren't, you know, pacifiers or controlled opposition that have geared their services towards the targeted individual market, those people, um, you know, are the ones that are claiming to get death threats now. So, um, you know, you're just going to have to research and it's going to take some effort. And I would try to get Mm -hmm. together with some other targeted individuals. And, you know, Lewis Swesson might be a good place to start uh, with microwave news. You know, uh, this is is what we need to do. 
Could you please uh, spell that name for me, please? Sure. Um, it's L-O-U-I-S-S-L-E-S-N. And, you know, I this is something I'm researching myself right now. Um, so, you know, um, we'll definitely uh, keep each other updated. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not the ultimate authority on this. I'm I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in this virtual concentration camp like everyone else. But this is the path that I uh, uh, see as being the right one to take. Thank you for your questions. Uh, Central Minnesota, are you there, Minnesota? Yes. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. How's it going tonight there? I'm hanging in there. There's a lot of uh, callers tonight. That's good. There's uh, people speaking out against uh, atrocities against TIs. Yeah, Ella tells me that this call is growing every week, and uh, that can only be interpreted as a positive thing because uh, the only way to win this is to... In the secrecy, I um, I quoted a, no uh, a famous a famous quote earlier by Pulitzer. You know, there's not a crime, there's not a dodge, there's not a trick, there's not a swindle, there's not a vice which does not live by secrecy. That's how we end this by exposing their secret crimes. Well, there's a lot involved. I mean, uh, you know, we're kind of each on on different sides of the ring, so to speak, or you know the culture and the the perpetrators um you know they're sometimes they're a lot like us you know ti's but i mean as far as traits go but then they they got raised in a wildest environment that was mostly criminal and they just want to hurt someone and i've been targeted by that shit We're all tortured. I, it, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's hard to say that though. Like when I, when I'm like complaining about symptoms or you know pains or uh, things breaking or my mail being stolen, it's like it's hard to just interject that I'm tortured. You know what I mean? They're like people always pick like a like a dungeon or like a, a POW for torture and they don't really you know unless you're like a international terrorist they don't really put torture um anywhere on the map to uh let you describe your situation yeah uh i mean we're we're it's a double-edged sword in america uh we've been blessed for a while since uh, World War II with peace and prosperity. And we've, we've just lost historical perspective that these kind of atrocities happen in every society and every generation. And, you know, we hear about these kind of things happening in Soviet Russia where just everyday people from 1930 to 1990 would get rounded up and sent off to the death camps in Siberia. 
or in communist China, just everyday people, you know, would get rounded up and executed or in, you know, various South American dictatorships or Southeast Asian dictatorships. And uh, for, even though, you know, our, the people who, you know, founded and framed our constitution warned us that this could happen if uh, people uh, don't hold their government accountable and, and maintain proper oversight. And even though, you know, our president, Dwight Eisenhower, who, who came from the world of the military industrial complex, warned us that this was coming. He said, watch out for these people. Beware of these people. You know, I'm your president. I'm telling you this as my parting uh, message. I could I could warn you about anything, but this is the one thing I choose to warn you about most of all is the military-industrial complex in your own country. And so we're not delusional or crazy for saying the same thing that our own president, that a five-star general that came from the military-industrial complex that saved Europe from fascism. You know, we're saying the same thing he said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's technology that's no more advanced than the technology that allowed us to put people on the moon 250,000 miles away in the 1960s. So the fact of the matter is people are just, you know, brainwashed by herd mentality. Clever propaganda and deceptions are being yeah. used to keep them that way. So yeah. like, don't hate, don't hate your fellow man. You know, you know, have, just have understanding that they're 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 victims as well. They're being fooled by this stuff, and they'll be next once you're knocked out, and once all the good people in their community are knocked out. So well, you've you got can, to you can you can you can keep your pure you, uh, everything in your life as it is if you weren't censored when, uh, you know, false teachers said that you were static when you were telling the truth and trying to, like, you know, get a little part of the word out, you know, just to keep it going, just keep the whole stream of life going. And yet we're censored completely. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. You've just got to um, realize that this is, this is the same song and dance that all whistleblowers have been going through, you know, forever. And uh, it is ridiculous. And it's illegal. And it's unconstitutional. It's undemocratic. Um, and, you know, they have one weakness. It's, it's secrecy. If they can't keep the secret any longer, then doctors and cops, <clears throat> they'll have to when you come to them with these complaints, they'll have to set up detection equipment in your home to monitor any unusual uh, frequencies or power levels. They'll have to establish scanning procedures to look for any chips that might be in your body. They'll yeah, it starts, to... out, it starts out real small, you know, like you didn't think your neighbor would, would have uh, access to uh, remote surveillance or let alone... Um, a little chip they could sneak in your body that turns into a morgulon that MRIs can't even detect. Um, it starts out like, you know, like it, you know, it was so much smaller. This whole gang stalking phenomenon was way smaller about six years ago. 
and then they sabotaged me in about 50 ways and and took me down and I'm just trying to like you know speak out for helping the community and uh that's all I'm doing you know the, these people that are doing this these criminal elements within the deep state and the power elite they aren't stupid you know they don't have any moral intelligence but they they're devious and you know they they have technical intelligence and you know the way that they're building up their powers by corrupting and compromising people one by one so you know they they torture one yep. or two people into with with electromagnetic weapons they torture one or two people and then they get those one or two people they've tortured with these electromagnetic weapons to help them subjugate and torture another dozen people and then once well, they torture those dozen people a lot of the people, that they're, people, a lot of the people they, that they're torturing they grow are to 100 people and, and then once they've think... tortured a the 100 people with this electromagnetic weaponry and they've deceived them and you know they've compromised them then then it's far easier to torture victim number 101 than it was to torture victim two or three. And then once they keep torturing people with these networks that they've compromised or subjugated yeah, with easier. electromagnetic weaponry, easier. they have a thousand people in that city, you know, that they can, you know, in, basically they're slaves. And so once they've tortured a thousand people into their system, it's it's so much easier to torture victim 1001 than it was to torture one victim 101 or than it was to torture right. victim 11 so it's it's growing yeah. and yeah, people are deceived you know, you, you, they think it's all, they don't we, realize it's to their own detriment we all have to remember that they're using a supercomputer so it's not like you know they have the traits or the brains to overcome us, but they have Satan and supercomputers to overcome us. I mean, it really just boils down to the fact that they can track you and cause pain in you, and that technology is from the 60s, but they've refined it, as all technology has been refined since the 60s, and they've, um, you know, basically, you know, built up very complex schemes. So, you know... We'll uh, we'll expose it eventually, uh, just like the civil rights marchers and the asbestos and tobacco litigants do. Arizona, do you have a question? Arizona, are you there? Hi. Hi, this is Yaya. I just want to address the lady who was asking about Melinda Kidder's services. I have received uh, a scan by Melinda. And it has absolutely opened up a whole new world to me um, because until I had that scan, no one could have ever convinced me that I had been implanted and chipped many times and that I had smart dust in my system. And as of yesterday, I did. I was at the FBI office showing them my evidence, and it did trace back to the DOD. And so that is proof in hand. And because of that, I now have been... Um, sent on to another um, government entity. Um, I don't want to say what entity, but it is because of my scan that I had by Melinda that it is saving me, and that is no joke. And then um, the work that Dr. Staniger 
also does. And um, I'll tell you what, the last time that I got burned so severely, Dr. Sandinger called down to the ER before I got there and told the doctor that I was coming and what had happened to me. And because of that, um, I did get a diagnosis of radiation burns. So I just want to talk about the, the good that has been done uh, because of uh, what Melinda and because of what Dr. Sandinger have done for me. It's been worth every single penny. That's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you for that feedback. I hope you make any reports or evidence that you've accumulated available to the community, uh, whether or not you do it anonymously by blocking out your name or openly, uh, because that could help us all, and that could also give you strength in numbers. So thank you for your feedback. Because, you know, until you get those scans, I mean, gosh, I had no idea. I mean, who could ever imagine that you actually have something in your body that corresponds to a satellite, you know, or that you might share a number or frequency with other people across the country. And, I mean, it opens up another world of uh, of knowledge. And so, you know, I can't uh, say enough um, what it has done for me. But everybody's different. And... Um, so anyhow, I just wanted to say that. Wow. Well, well, please, please put that online and share it with the community. We'd love to uh, see that. It could help everyone, including yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's been um, a godsend, really. Both of them have been a godsend. Uh, I mean, if if you uh, if they're intimidating you not to share any information, that means that. Uh, you should share it because um, that'll give you strength in numbers. I mean, I, I have a I have a big feeling that these dam gates are about to break. It just takes one one big story to destroy their secrets. And um, you know, the more uh, information we can gather, the better. So thank you. Okay. Right, you bet, Spencer. Thank you. Hi, Northwest California. You have a question? Yeah, hi, it's Roseanne again. Not a question, but you were talking about having the ability to uh, monitor your home and record what's happening. And I just want to say that Dr. Catherine Horton in um, Europe has done that. And she has a system. Um, I saw it on one of her videos it's very good. It's some sort of uh, meter which feeds right into her computer. And then what she gets is a running graph of frequencies hitting her home. And you can see the spikes on the graph when she's attacked. In fact, she sits there and shows you as it's happening. And, you know, I'm sure you could print this out because it's on your computer. So um, she has a YouTube channel called Stop 007. And it's one of her earlier videos. 
I'll see if I can find it because she actually describes the equipment in one of her um, videos. But um, if not, um, Ella has her email address and um, she loves to help. She's a very, very smart person. I would highly recommend her her YouTubes. Um, they're amazing. Um, she's a, a physicist. She's an Oxford physicist. Uh, and I forget, I think she's in Switzerland now. She keeps moving around and um, she's getting absolutely blasted in, in Europe everywhere she goes. But um, that just seems like the kind of system that, you know, you would have a printout of everything happening in your home regarding frequencies. And also I want to say something uh, uh, encouraging. I don't know if people are watching what's going on in their country, but, you know, uh, security agencies are uh, really under attack right now. And as you've said, it's not all of them. It's, you know, there's... There's a few traders in there, but a lot of them are really good. And I've spoken to excellent FBI agents that were very helpful. Couldn't help me, but, you know, I could tell they cared and they were trying to do their job. And um, anyways, there's this real attack going on right now with, uh, because of Trump and, you know, just all of the... Uh, fighting and um, backbiting going on in our country, all of the leaks, all of the accusations. And um, there's an interesting video I saw today by Kucinich. Now, Dennis Kucinich authored the Space Protection Bill, I think it's called, which was adopted by the Richmond City Council, which actually was meant to protect people from satellite weaponry, uh, all kinds of things. And um, he seems to be a very amazing person. And he just put out a video telling the whole world that he felt that the um, security agencies had been infiltrated and that there were traitors in there that needed to be booted out of our country that were um, here to subjugate the population, to start a war with Russia, to bring down the country. Anyways, it's, it's, you know, that is sort of the happening now, that people are questioning um, just the strange stuff going on in our country. I mean... Whatever you think about Trump, he is a T.I. <laughs> I mean, he's not getting electronic harassment, although we don't know that for sure. But, <laughs> you know, he's certainly being slandered constantly and, um, you know, harassed constantly and, and all of that. So um, the system, it seems to be cracking. I have to agree with you there. You know, people are looking at um, 
the security agencies and saying, well, you know, why is this happening and why is that happening? And, you know, how come our country's, like, sort of falling apart? It isn't like we've um, never elected a bad president, and I'm not saying Trump's a bad president, but, you know, there wasn't any kind of reaction like this ever before to anybody. And, um, you know, there's something odd happening here. So um, I'm hopeful. Um, But anyways, I will try to um, find the information from Catherine Horton and see if I can get it to you because it, it is a system that might be really good for um, just recording all of the frequencies that happen in your home, uh, you know, continuously so that you can print out a graph that shows ridiculous frequencies hitting. And... Um, something that you were talking about, so I thought I'd mention it. All right. Yeah, well, thanks for that feedback. I've heard good things about Catherine Horton. Um, It's interesting that she named her um, site after 007 uh, because I do believe art imitates life sometimes. Um, In fact, the latest Bond movie, Spectre, which draws upon a lot of the themes of the early Bond films is a great thematic representation of what's happening now. I'm not saying that James Bond is reality, but I'm saying that the themes as originally put forth by Ian Fleming in the early James Bond books and then movies. And Ian Fleming, he came from the world of British aristocracy, of British militarism. He came from that world, that that airified power elite military industrial complex world. And he he kind of espoused some of the themes of the criminal elements within that world in his books about James Bond. And if you see the latest Spectre film that came out in 2015, it talks about this shadowy cabal within the deep state that has the ability to tap into all the resources of the various intelligence agencies. And it also has corrupt moles in all the intelligence agencies. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, James Bond is real, but I think thematically that's a great representation of what's happening right now. So um, thank you for sharing that information about Catherine Horton. Um, and, uh, you know, Trump, he's a political outsider. He's not beholden to any bureaucracies or power players uh, like a lot of career politicians. So, you know, I, I, he's, he's our president now. Um, I say prayers for him and I support him. And I hope he does the right thing. And I hope he finds out about these crimes happening in the deep state and, uh, uh, shuts them down. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, but, you know, it could happen. Nazi Germany was all powerful in 1942, but look where they were three years later. And I, I compare this cabal within the deep state, this secretive group of criminals carrying out these crimes against good people and democracy to fascism. 
So um, I say my prayers for Trump. Thank you for your feedback. Um, let's see. Next call, Next question, Linda. Linda, hey, how's it going again? Are you there? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Um, Spencer, I, it, it's been my experience, and I think a lot of people have experienced this, that these criminal thugs do employ the services of the medical field, well, psychiatry, and the dental field, we're just regular doctors, in helping destroy us. Are, are, yeah? Are you, are, you planning on encount, are you planning on addressing that at all in, the, um, in your complaint, in the class action? I have personal experience you know, on that. I, I mean, um, let me check. From, my, yeah. from my understanding... Mm-hmm. Um, I think my phone you know, I, I mean it's. I mean, from what other people have said, mm-hmm. I can't really comment on that. But from what yeah. others have said, the the majority of professionals in the medical and psychiatric industry are following check boxes that. You know, they have decrees and guidelines set out by, you know, just a a few people at the top. And if they don't follow those decrees and guidelines, you know, bad things could happen to them. Like, look what happened to Dr. John Hall. He's, He's one of the, you know, most patriotic, just all around good guy, solid individuals I know. And he stood up for targeted individuals, and they crucified him. So other doctors see that, and they get scared away from speaking the truth, from what I've heard and seen. And the guidelines are very rigid. They don't allow for the possibility that electromagnetic weapons are causing these symptoms, even though they've been shown by countless scientific studies to cause these symptoms. Uh, you know, if if you complained about a nuclear assault or a chemical weapon assault or a biological weapon assault, you'd be taken very seriously, and they'd help you, and they'd come to your rescue. But electromagnetic weapons, which is nothing more than a radio transmitter, you know, tuned and modified to frequencies and modulations that can inf- interfere with the electrons and various biological systems you have, you know, that's that's easy to build, from what I understand, compared to these other weapons of mass destruction. So why why do they even refuse to acknowledge that not only is this not happening to the thousands of victims that come forward, but that it couldn't even theoretically happen? So it's a cover story, and it comes from the top. And so that... That's what I see as being the problem. That's okay, what I've I'm th- heard. Okay, I'm thinking about this in a different, somewhat of a different angle, and I'm not. I'll I'll, I'll send you a message on Facebook about what I'm talking about. Okay, it's a little yeah, different you know, than what you're talking about. We'll yeah. have to discuss it and think it and hash yeah. it out. I mean, you could yeah. be right. There could be something else, though. So, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. what I said about what others have seen, you know, that's true. It comes down from the from the top, I believe, but, you know, we'll have to discuss it because I think, you know, based on what people like John Hall have said, the guidelines are very rigid. You know, it fits in the box or it doesn't fit in the box. 
They're, they're basically forbidden to have common sense or integrity. And that is a key component of this, you know, uh, fascist takeover that's happening with these covert weapons. It's, it's just, it's just a simple fact, you know, Our body is made up of atoms that are surrounded by electrons. If you hit these electrons with electromagnetic radiation, it's going to cause you pain. And you aren't going to be able to see this electromagnetic radiation. And no doctors or law enforcement officials are allowed to set up equipment to detect aberrations in the power or the frequencies of this electromagnetic radiation. So the victims are, deli- um, you know, they, they lose their legitimacy. It's mm-hmm. it's the perfect crime as it stands now. So yes, that's one aspect we have to focus on. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll send you a message. I'm talking about something kind of specific. I'm just wondering. I do think that some of us do get damaged, and I think it's um, it happens. Um, well, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. Okay. Because I think it does come down from the top, and I think sometimes damage is done because it's told they're told to do it. That's what I think. And I'll talk to you about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, that, yeah, that's just what I've kind of been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about. It. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thank you. South California, are you there? Yeah, hi. This is uh, Brian Chu in Madrid, Spain. And I'm just listening. Uh, if anyone has any questions, I'll answer them, but I'd just like to listen, please. Great. Okay, Brian, great. Um, I'll leave you unmuted. Okay, uh, Northwest California, how are you doing? Talking with me? Yes. Hey. Good evening. Uh, good evening. It's it's uh, EMS Linda again. Thank you for unmuting me again. Uh, I have uh, briefly, uh, perhaps an answer to what you've been talking about. Uh, you know, things coming down from the top, but also specifically an answer to the woman who was on several callers ago, who who said why, why do they why do they keep spending like uh, two two million or billion dollars for aircraft and, you know, stuff that just keeps, you know, uh, harmful and dangerous and hazardous to us all. Uh, uh, Well, according to uh, 81-year-old Ralph Nader, who uh, recently spoke here at the University of California, Berkeley, near where I am in Northern California, he summed it up pretty nicely and said, uh, three things. One is that the, the structure, the system, it's a hierarchy. Number two is that it's mostly dominated by men. And number three is that they don't know when to stop. So, so all this makes sense to me. Uh, but then I'm thinking, too, well, what is the solution? So I'm thinking, okay. If it's a hierarchy, that needs to be changed. It needs to be made into a a more cooperative system. 
uh, like fair trade instead of instead of theft of resources, uh, uh, for example. And then uh, number two, it needs to include women's voices in the policy and decision making. This is kind of crucial because it's never happened. All those wars that been the the the, the uh, things that you've cited here tonight uh, historically it was all done by men largely uh, so anyway that that is a cru critical thing and even the founding of this country you you've referred to the founders well you know the founding fathers you know who who as uh, Paul Brodeur said in his historical novel you know the uh, theft of the land started Plymouth Rock and rolled like a tsunami on west you know, with the genocide of the indigenous people. Well, that same um, same pattern, same same thing that's going on now. You know, the the boys and their toys, and for you know for greed. So number two, we've got to have women's uh, opinions and uh, 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 voices heard in the decision making. Like the apparently the Iroquois, uh, the Iroquois Nation uh, in New York area, uh, they they they've had that before, and apparently uh, part of our Constitution was based on 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 their structure. However, they they conveniently left out the part about including women women and women's votes and so on in, in the decision-making part, which, you know, I think was a fatal flaw. Going on to the third thing that Ralph Nader said, which is they don't know when to stop. Well, I'm thinking that if, if women were included in the decision-making policy, that they would have more concern and thoughtfulness about when to stop because you know, they, they give birth and they have kids and grandkids and they're, they're more, I think, environmentally concerned uh, and, and concerned about the future. So it just, just makes sense, you know, that that, that, that is a, a nice, easy summation that uh, Ralph uh, Nader uh, came up with. What do you think about that? Brian, do you have any comments? First of all, you need to understand that, that this technology and the political process are entirely separate from one another. Uh, I was discussing that question to, to Brian, actually, Spencer. I was, I was hoping to get your response. Well, I'll just go ahead and make a point until he comes back online, okay? Well, go ahead. I've made my point. Thank you. These people, okay, I'm going to go ahead and address the point, okay, whether you want me to or not. Well, right. go ahead. Okay. These people treat politicians like puppets, okay? To them, politicians and judges uh, and uh, so forth, they're, they're mere puppets to them. They, are, they 
do not these these people have no no cross in the political process. They don't you're not going to be able to to limit their ability to achieve their objectives by, by by the political process, by the courts, by the media. It's not going to happen. They control all of those things. They control the judiciary. They control the media. They control the political process. Okay? It's not going to happen. I mean, it's unfortunate to hear that. People don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Um, well, you know, as things are going now, um, the only thing that will stop this is, is a revolution. That's it. Um, not evolution, but revolution. Uh, and I just don't see that happening. I really don't. Um, this is not going to end. It's only, only going to get worse, far, far worse. Okay. I, I would like don't. to mention, Brian, that there's there's a petition that's already been sent to the White House that has a, a, over a, a, a has a, about a million names on it already for the impeachment of the current pres. The revolution is on, whether whether you want to recognize it or not. So this situ- this technology and and, and the, this, the plight of targeted individuals is going to get much worse because the, the plight of targeted individuals is going to expand. All 318 million Americans will soon be targeted with this technology. We're simply the guinea pigs. 318 million Americans already possess the technology in their bodies. The government has been spraying the nanotechnology, the nanoparticulates, into the hydrosphere along storm patterns for the last 25 years. The nanotechnology filters down into the uh, water supply in the food chain. And so every, every American, every person who's ever visited America for the last 25 years has the technology in their body. So you know this is not going to get better. This is going to get worse. This technology is not for us. We're simply the guinea pigs. This is this technology is for a new species of, of human, of, of individual, I won't even call them human, who are now everywhere. Okay, they're not coming. They're already here. All right? They have no mother or father. They were never born by human means. They were never conceived by human means. Okay? These are cybernetic individuals, species, flesh and blood, just like you and me. Okay? Look just like you and me. Um, in fact, the only way you would be able to tell the difference is by a DNA test, okay? And these people are, they, what, what, they, what, what the government has been doing for the last 25 years is they've been taking the human embryo, and they've been removing the embryo from the mother's womb, and they've been removing the human genomes and replacing them with synthetic genomes, and then, and then, and then the mother carries the, the synthetic child to birth. These are not humans. These are cybernetic individuals who are now interbreeding with humans. And when that happens, humanity is destroyed, no longer human, but transhuman. This technology is for them to create a new super breed of species of individual. And it's well underway. Um, there are millions of them already all over the place. They're not, you know, here and there. They're everywhere. They're working next to you in the office. They're worshiping next to you in church. They're uh, working out next to you at the gym. Okay, they're sitting next to you in the movie theater. Okay. And this technology is for them so that they can use the technology to achieve three things, interdimensional communications, uh, such as uh, remote viewing, synthetic telepathy, etc., the manipulation of time, space, and and energy with their brainwaves, uh, excuse me, time, matter, and energy with their brainwaves, 
and uh, to achieve knowledge by mere contemplation. And they will be able to do that very soon. Okay? So this the, the foreseeable future means that this technology is only going to get worse, not better. Okay? This technology is more sophisticated than the space program. You have to understand what, you know, people need to understand first, they need to have a basic understanding of how the technology works. And secondly, they need to have a basic understanding of the tactics that are being employed against them. Otherwise, there's no other way for you to defend yourself. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of ignorance um, by people who are targeted uh, with this technology, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, the government has no vested interest in and in, in, in releasing that information. But Brian, uh, Brian why, do, why do you need to ascribe some almost supernatural attributes to the perpetrators of these crimes? What they're doing has been human nature since, you know, the beginning of time, since Cain killed Abel. They're just pursuing their greedy self-interest with new technology that's been made available to them. I, I don't think it's this mysterious force that we need to fear. I, I merely think it's, you know, advanced technology that's understandably obscure. You're talking about a, um, a strange race of humans, you know, a transhuman hybrid species that's been engineered. That, that's not a necessary uh, precursor to these crimes. It's, these crimes have happened since the Nazis invaded Poland and decided to murder all the best people in society just to decapitate the strength to resist a tyranny. I mean, this is just human nature since the beginning of time, and they're just doing it with technology that the general public isn't aware of. I don't think there's a need to sub ascribe some type of, you know, advanced genetic status to these people or some, uh, you know, invincibility of these people this is just uh, a, a a trait that's been a you know endemic to human nature since the beginning of time and okay. they're doing okay. it in clever ways applied okay. by technology right. that you talk about the space program so let's put things back in the context of the space program you know that's the 1960s you know they had they had stargate that was just a cover story for them to test this stuff on human beings you can't go home to your wife and talk about a classified program, so you tell them that you're studying the magical mind-reading abilities of people. They did not spend 20 years studying the ability to read minds with the best scientists in the world, you know, that studied lasers and radars for their whole career. That was just a cover story to advance this technology done by humans like you and me, and they're scared, they're intimidated, they're ignorant, it's compartmentalized, it's... Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's explainable by science and by human nature. There's no need to discourage yourselves or discourage others or add some layer of complexity to their program. They're scared to death of us. You know why they're scared to death? Because they keep us disorganized and they keep us, you know, just in tatters. They attack us night and day because they have a glaring weakness. That glaring weakness is massive public awareness because they're weak. They have a, an Achilles heel. You know, I, I'm not, you know, you know, attacking you. I'm just responding because I think your, uh, your pessimism is unnecessary because it, it flies in the face of not only human nature, but it flies in the face of 
you know, their weakness, their huge weakness, their Achilles heel. If massive public awareness of this stuff is raised, then official bodies will have to start offering detection services because they know they could be next. You're right that more and more people are going to be targeted, but the fact is that they're extremely weak right now. If people, if society as a whole realizes this, the minority of people carrying out these crimes, that is just human nature since the beginning of time. It's not okay, because right. there's some saying the same thing over and over race. again. I, I understand your point. You're just, you're just stating the same thing again and again, okay? First of all, understand, mind control has been around for thousands of years, okay? Uh, perhaps the most effective uh, mind control tool ever invented by man is organized religion. But organized religion and this technology are very different, okay? And when I talk about the technology and the space pro- being more sophisticated than the space program, I'm not referring to the space program of the 1960s. I'm referring to the space program of 2016 and 17, okay? This is the most sophisticated weapon system ever invented by man, okay? Secondly, you need to understand, you need to have a basic understanding of how the technology is deployed before you can defend yourself against it. Okay, this for you to sit there and say this is about human nature, and they've been doing this since the dawn of time. That's true. But understand at the same time that mankind has not possessed the the technical expertise and know-how to destroy the entire Earth. For for the last 40 years, they have been been implementing this technology under the nose of, 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 of every man, woman, and child in the industrialized world. This is not just, listen, I've been all over the world. I can tell you that this is a global phenomenon. 20 years ago, the, the group of 20 nations, okay, the, the so-called industrialized nations of the world, the group of 20, United Nations Protocol agreed to turn the world, the industrialized world, into a neuro-society where people can communicate with each other and with computers, by way, of their brainwaves. Okay, so they agreed 20 years ago to do this, and then that a certain degree of human experimentation, research, and development was necessary, provided those countries... Uh, experimented on their own citizens. That's happening now, and there's nothing that's going to stop that. Human nature, this may have been going on in, in one form or another since the dawn of time, but you have to understand this technology to destroy the entire world, and every man, woman, and child didn't exist back then. So don't confuse what I'm saying when I say this more sophisticated than the space program. I'm not talking about the space program 50 years ago. I'm talking about the space program today. Okay, this is an extremely sophisticated technology, and you have to have a basic understanding of how it is deployed. And most targeted individuals and most people have, have no idea how it is deployed. Um, I understand how it is deployed because one of the scientists involved in the development of the technology gave me the information. Okay, not, not Duncan, all right, but someone else. The CIA knows who gave it to me. Okay, so I have a basic understanding of how the technology is deployed, but most people don't. And you can't simply ascribe this to, to you know, uh, uh, human nature. This, this, this technology is going to destroy every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth by simply, by simply right now, these, these cybernetic individuals are interbreeding with mankind, okay? And every time that happens, humanity is destroyed. Every time a new child is born, no longer human, but transhuman. It's a, it's a process well underway, okay? So... Um, you know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, and, and, and people accuse me of that all the time, and they say, you know, Brian, you know, he says there's no hope. No, you have hope. If you trust in Jesus Christ, you have hope, okay? They can't defeat him with this technology. I know about this. 
most people don't know about this. I know about this. The other, the other religions and, and belief systems are easily manipulated with this technology, specifically the karma-based religions, but not a born-again relationship with Jesus Christ. And Duncan even talks about this, and he's not a Christian. Okay? But, you know, so I'm not trying to say there's no hope. Obviously, there is hope. If you, if you know Jesus, but uh, outside of that, do not expect the political process or any, you know, petition of a million signatures to, to change what's happening. It's just not going to happen. Now, let's move. Are you there? Can anyone hear me? I can hear you. Let's talk about how the technology is deployed. Because targeting those two things. Hello? Yeah, it's cut out. I don't really know what happened. Okay, so so what happens is a computer multiplexer, I'm, I'm not going to talk about conscious computing, or let's just call it a supercomputer, okay? This computer multiplexer routes the signal to a tower, satellite, or mobile platform. Then the tower, satellite, or mobile platform relays the signal to you, the digital receiver, to the digital receiver. And, it's, and I've said this before, it works similar this technology works similar to how cell phone technology is deployed, okay? So the digital receiver is tracked and pinpointed in real time just like a cell phone, except with CIA mind control technologies, the digital receiver is not a phone, it's a human brain. Just like cell phone technology, this technology works similar in that it's based on timing and location. Okay, that's crucial to understand. Okay, so, so when this computer multiplexer routes the signal from the tower, satellite, or mobile platform to you by way of a by way of one of those three methods, okay, at that point, it depends upon timing and location. So what happens is that the CIA and DIA hide mind teams, if you're American, it's CIA and DIA, okay, they move close to you, and they obtain remotely a copy of your digital brainwave signature, of your brainwave signature. It's called a digital brainwave imprint. They then take that digital brainwave imprint, and they upload it back to their supercomputer, their conscious computer. They then tie you for life. They tie you to that supercomputer by way of this bidirectional stream of electromagnetic low frequency waves called the information and injection feedback loop. This stream of energy contains a hidden carrier frequency, and that's the hidden, that's what, I, what I'm saying that is specifically tuned to your brainwave signature. That's what I'm referring to. This hidden carrier frequency. Okay, so you know they're able to literally they're able to literally to to turn your brain into their very own visual verbal and auditive communication system with this technology it's called the information and injection feedback loop okay very important okay so three that i mean if you really want to make it simple that's the simple definition how it works and and, and until until targeted individuals begin to understand have a basic understanding of how the, the technology is deployed against them they're going to be running in circles until the day of their untimely, untimely death. You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, I, I, I hate to be the person that, you know, to come forward with all the, the, negative, the negative news about this. But, uh, you know, you know this, this, is, this, is not, this is not something I, this is not something that's going on. Uh, the, the technology, when I say it's more sophisticated than the space program, I mean, I mean there's, no, there's nothing, there's no, there's no, there's nothing to look back in, in history and say, okay, you know, uh, this is this is you know what's going on. This is equivalent with, with what was going on in, in 1942 in the Nazi war camps. This is equivalent to Cain and Abel. You know, there's no, there's nothing that we have that we can compare this technology to. 
That nano, what happens is that they get you to ingest the nanotechnology in your food or your drink or the, to breathe it in, et cetera. And then the nanotechnology, remember, now, they're also, they're also spraying it into the, into the hydrosphere. So it's in every man, woman, and child. But during the R&D stage, they're getting you to ingest the nanotechnology into your, in your food or your drink. And once the nanotechnology is inside your body, it migrates to, to the brain. And the nanotechnology then speaks to and decodes the neurotransmitters of your brain by way of what's called directed energy flashing. It responds to, to, to the electromagnetic the, this photons, okay, directed energy flashing. Okay, so that's what's happening. They're using this is this is you know organized religion is perhaps the greatest mind control tool ever invented by man, but this technology and organized religion are very different. So we can say with some degree of uh, of understanding that you know uh, this technology in its in its current form has been around since the 1960s, but it's constantly evolving, and the nanotechnology is uh, interfacing with 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 the uh, streams of electromagnetic energy is all done for the purpose of reverse engineering your will, intellect, and emotion. Okay, that's it. That's what this entire... Can you hear me? Brian. Brian, hello. Hey. Um, I, you know, they uh, crashed my phone. There's remote access software on my phone. You know, I... It's been around for 20 years. Uh, it it happens. Um, but um, I I got the first part of your message. And uh, I guess we're on to something because they started crashing my phone and computer for the first time this night. Uh, so your rebuttal was basically, yes, this is human nature, but, you know, we have technology now that humans have never had in their possession. But can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Um, my point, though, is that everything they do screams at us. We have a glaring weakness. We have to keep our victims delegitimized. We have to keep our victims separated and disorganized. Why why is that a core aspect? Why is secrecy so important to them? Because they are fragile because it's a select minority carrying out these crimes, because they know that 99% of this planet would, you know, cry out in uproar and demand that they be brought to trial if they knew about these crimes. So we are still in the majority, and they are still humans, and that is where their weakness lies. So you're absolutely right about their, you know, very advanced technology. And, uh, you know, you, you probably know more than a lot of us about the specifics of it. But they, they aren't all powerful as you make them out to be. They're just humans like us it, pursuing their desire to have power over humans and their earthly domain using the latest technology available and clever little schemes. But their, their weakness is secrecy. That's why they carry out these things. That's why they torture you. That's why they torture me. That's why they, they keep us traumatized. Because if we were organized and preaching this to the masses, then they would be shut down overnight. Well, first of all, you know, this is, this is not, they are not crime. This is a military industrial complex. Their technology 
say that they they are they are positions of power firmly entrenched in their positions of power. Okay, so um, uh, so I don't I don't I don't know what you mean. But the technology the technology easily defeated at this stage, uh, and so because everything's still in R and D, research, training, and development, it's important that the general public not be made aware of what's happening. Um, but I don't see that, you know, in the, in the near future when the technology is revealed to humanity, that there's going to be any big uproar by the sheepish masses. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. If they realize that it can and will happen to them next, it will. The minority will become, become the majority. Well, okay. The same technology in, in your body is in their body. Okay, um, they're using two different interfaces. They're using a brain-to-computer interface, supercomputer. Okay, and then they're using a second interface called the electronic brain interface, and that's a neurosurgeon. Hey, Brian, hold on one second. Um, Spencer, if you um, mute the room and just unmute Brian um, and me or whoever else is on, it'll get rid of that echo. Oh, we're getting that now. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, what, At the top, off. it'll say you all and then Got keep. It. Uh, hi. Okay. Um, so, so they're using two interfaces. Okay, they're using the supercomputer, which is the brain-to-computer interface. And that's and the, that's uh, again, the stream of, the continuous stream of electromagnetic frequency waves. Yeah, we're still getting an echo. Yeah, I know that. It's, yeah, it's coming in. I don't know where it's coming from. It's from well, one of our phones. This happens when I get on the phone because they don't want you to understand and hear about the technology power. They know that I understand it. They want you not to understand it. Okay? So I'll just keep talking. Okay, so again, for the third time, they're using two interfaces to attack you. They're using the brain-to-computer interface and the electronic brain-to-brain interface. And the brain-to-computer interface is this stream of electromagnetic low-frequency waves between you and the supercomputer. It's called the information and injection feedback loop. Okay, that's transcranial brain stimulation. Okay, that's the process that they're using. Um, and then the electronic brain-to-brain interface is, is the neurochip inside the, the or the, the gear of, of, of the members of the hive mind genes. Okay, and that's how they're attacking you with this technology. Um, uh, and and e- even when the, uh, but everything ties back to the supercomputer, even when the, you know, the hive mind teams want to attack you and manually inject, they have to go through the supercomputer to do it. Okay, so very important people, um, uh, they are able to inflict, can you hear me? Yes. They're able to inflict damage upon your, your human anatomy uh, to injure or wound you uh, from great distances away with this technology by manipulation of the sensory and neural pathway. So, you, you know, people seem to think when they wake up with, you know, with new uh, sores on their skin that somebody's next door is zapping them with directed energy guns. No, that's not how the technology is designed to work. They can get these devices down to the modular level, but that's not how this technology is designed to work. They're able to inflict those sores upon you by manipulation. Because remember, the, the human body is electromagnetic, okay? 
So by using streams of electromagnetic energy, they can manipulate the various regions and organs of the human anatomy. So they're able to inflict, you know, damage upon your, your body and, and injuries to your body, on, on your skin, for example, um, to, you know, from, from thousands of miles away with this technology. Um, uh, so, uh, again, um, until, until targeted individuals understand, have a basic understanding of how this technology is, is being used against them, you're not ever going to be able to defend yourself against it. The second thing you need to understand are the basic tactics that they're using against you. Okay, and all of those tactics can be traced back to one fundamental principle, uh, the hypergame theory or the non-cooperative gaming theorem. Okay, and that's simply game theory applied to decision tree modeling. Game theory applied to decision tree modeling. You look it up on the internet, okay, I'll give you the simple definition. It means that Mathematically, it proves John Nash won the Nobel Prize in Economics in 1992 because of his development of this theory. I stood in the, in the Nobel Museum in Stockholm uh, two years ago and looked at that award that he was given. Um, and they're using it against you on a daily basis. And basically what it means is game theory applied to decision tree modeling means that by constantly and perpetually altering any value in the model, one can constantly and perpetually alter that model's expected outcome. Remember, this is a mathematical model. Okay, so the, the, the model in mind control technologies is the victim. The value is the victim's daily life and daily affairs, the health and well-being of the victim, the finances, etc., cetera, of, of the mind control victim. So by constantly and perpetually altering those values in your life every day, they can constantly and perpetually alter the expected outcome of your life every day. Now, why do that? In order to force you, to pitch you into a never-ending series of counter-moves each day trying to function and survive. Because each counter-move is an evoked potential. Every time you respond to their stalking, to their gaslighting, to, uh, their, to uh, their, their, their tactics against you, whatever they're using, okay, uh, it produces electromagnetic emissions in your brain. Synaptic responses evoke potentials which can be remotely measured and integrated back into RNA data. So remember, your brain is tied to that supercomputer for life by way of this stream of electromagnetic low frequency waves. That supercomputer is monitoring all electromagnetic activity of your brain, monitoring and manipulating all electromagnetic activity of your brain as it builds a cognitive model of your brain and central nervous system. Okay? to achieve direct behavioral control over you. So in order, one of the, one of the six fatal flaws, they have, there are six that I count, fatal flaws in their technology. One of them is that they must capture your attention at regular intervals and force you to respond in order for, them to be, for their technology to work properly. They need to constantly keep responding to them. Um, so if you, know, if, you can, if you can get away from them, if you can ignore them, you can seriously hamper their ability uh, to, to build a cognitive model of your brain. Because once they achieve a cognitive model of your brain, it's all over. Okay, it's all over for you. Okay, so understand how serious this is. Okay, it, it's so serious, it's your eternal soul that's at stake. They know how to manipulate the five senses. The, the human body is, the human being is body, soul, and spirit. Okay, so the, the, in simple terminology, the, the body is the five senses. Sight, sight, touch, taste, hearing, and smell. They know how to manipulate that. They have no problem with this, okay? What they're doing now 
is they're focusing on the human soul. And what is that? Will, intellect, and emotion. The body is the five senses. The soul is the will, intellect, and emotion. The conscience, spirit, is your conscience. Okay? They're focusing on the will, intellect, and emotion. They're reverse engineering the will, intellect, and emotion of their targets in order for the, again, for the purpose of training, research, and development. Okay? So that's what this is about. I mean, literally, I mean, if, if you want to know how serious this is, lose this fight and you'll lose your eternal soul. It's just that serious. And I don't know, people don't want to hear that, but it, it, I mean, it, this, is, this is deadly real uh, and it has eternal consequences. The Times reports, the S.B.I.S. terrorist screening center shares the data with other federal agencies for screening aircraft passengers. People who okay, they don't want you to hear this, but we got a constant explaining why no protection to targeted individuals when they complain about the persecution, including frequent house break-ins, theft, computer hacking, telephone disconnects, and rearing calls to theft. As the Times reports, the West I'm here. Has Okay, so I'm back. Um, uh, can anyone hear me? Okay, so can you hear me? Brian, too, can anyone hear me? Okay, well, I'll just keep talking in case someone can hear me. Um, again, so you need to understand the hypergame theory. Let me give you an example of how they use it against me all the time. I uh, was in um, Berlin a few days ago, and I caught a plane into Zurich, Switzerland. When I waited for my plane to pick me up from uh, to take me to Madrid, Spain, the plane was three hours late. When the plane finally arrived uh, in Madrid, Spain, it caused me to miss my flight to Ecuador because it came in three hours late. Um, so what they were doing is they were creating variables for me. Everybody made it on the plane except me. Everybody that was headed to Ecuador on that plane made it to the plane except me because as soon as I arrived, the game began. They, the, the game can be activated at will by the attackers. Okay. So what happened was a woman who was at the gate refused to help me. She helped everyone else, but she wouldn't even speak to me, and she just walked away. And so... What they were doing is they were provoking me, forcing me to engage the woman in conversational scenarios, which were generating potentials, which they were able to remotely measure and integrate back into R&M data. I have video of this woman just walking away from me in the airport. She's supposed to stand there and give me information. She wouldn't help me at all. And because of that, I was the only one that didn't get on the plane um, because of the disruption in, in the uh, 
and, and, and the uh, schedule, uh, the delayed uh, uh, timing of the plane arriving late. So I'm sitting here right now in a hotel. They got me in a four-star hotel in, in Madrid, and I don't know what to expect, what's coming next, okay? Um, but I'm trying to get to, to Ecuador. They needed to slow down my, my departure to Ecuador until they could set up ahead of me in Ecuador. Okay, so they used the hypergame theory to do that. They created additional variables, okay? And by doing that, they, they, by, by creating additional variables, they were able to manipulate the value in the model, meaning me and my life, and they were able to alter the expected outcome. The expected outcome was me to get on that plane, and I'd already be in Ecuador by now. Okay, I'd be standing on, on the ground in Ecuador by now. Okay, but here I am in Madrid because of the hypergame theory. Okay, so understand that this, this, is a tech, this is what they're going to do. They're going to get in your face constantly every day. They're going to get in your face. They're going to provoke you as much as possible. They may, be, you know, they may use the most mundane questions imaginable to do that. Like, you know, do you have the time or, you know, can you give me directions? What they're doing is they're trying to solicit a response. Each time you respond to them, it produces electromagnetic emissions, okay, in your brain. They're trying to constantly solicit responses from you, okay? So you ignore them as, be as best you can. You don't pay any attention. It doesn't matter that you respond to any random or chaotic occurrence. That doesn't help verify their technology at all. You must respond to their specific stimuli, to their specific conversational and situational scenarios, or the, or the uh, verification process breaks apart and mind control fails. Without verification, mind control fails, just fails. They, they are dependent upon the verification process to determine if their technology is working or not. So you defeat mind control by learning to control the verification process. Can anyone hear me?